0: This is The Matt Townsend Show.
1: Your guide on the side.
0: Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter
1: at Dr. Matt Show.
0: Call the show at 1 855 Chat BYU.
1: This is The Matt Townsend Show.
0: Dr. Matt Townsend. Now On BYU Radio.
1: BYU Radio.
2: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to The Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here, your coach, your guide on the side. Happy Cyber Monday to you. Cyber Monday. It's the day you recover from uh, Black Friday and Thankful Thursday and Football Saturday and Go to Church Sunday. Happy Cyber Monday to you. Top of the morning to you. Got a great show for you. As always, on Monday, we like to... uh, do a quick review of uh, politics. We'll be getting with our Washington insider Joe Cannon. He'll be in studio, and uh, we'll be talking with him about all things political. Find out uh, what he thinks, you know, is going on. What he thinks about uh, some of the latest and the greatest uh, stories out there. Chris Christie apparently picked up a key endorsement from the uh, New Hampshire paper. Uh, basically, a, I mean, critical endorsement, really. Has uh, the power to maybe put a little energy, a little spring back in the Christie step. So we'll be talking about that. Um, also, you know, you got, you got to talk about Trump. Uh, if we're going to talk politics, you got to talk Trump. So we'll get there um, eventually with Joe Cannon, our Washington insider. Also, um, going to be doing a quick review of uh, Thanksgiving. Did you survive? You survived. I did. Two Thanksgivings.
3: You had two full Thanksgivings? Yes. Wow. In one day? Yeah. One about noon to four and then mm-hmm. one from about five to eight. Man,
2: that's some love. Yeah. That's a good family. Enjoyed it. We My had, kid had fun. We had
3: one. Did your child like it? Did, oh, yeah. Did he sit at the kid's table? At the second one, yes. See? The first one, he's the youngest, so he, there's only one, so he sits right at the table he's with just, everybody else. He's
2: with the big people. Yeah.
3: Boring. I always like sitting at the kids' table.
2: Yeah, not enough kids. I'd rather sit alone at the kids' table. Yeah. <laughs> that weird? Ben, what did you do? Ice cream uh, Ice cream palooza?
4: Oh yeah. <clears throat> you I, you
2: went to an aunt's home, right? I
4: did, up in Bountiful. Did you sit at the kids' table? Um, you know,
2: you did, didn't you?
4: My last time sitting at the kids' table was when I was 18 years old. So
2: So you're saying no you didn't sit at the
4: kids' I table. I finally South broke adults. out of that, yeah.
2: Did did you were your manners what they needed to be?
4: Um, were you
2: dressed appropriately?
4: T-shirt and shorts. Okay,
3: hmm. good for late so November. You <laughs> dressed appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> t-shirt and shorts.
4: Yeah.
2: In November in Utah, it
4: yeah. wasn't that cold. We're not. We're not. We're
3: not in Hawaii, man. I, I wore a jacket all day.
4: Yeah, a I in He wore a
3: dinner jacket. A dinner jacket. Had like arm patches and stuff. Yeah, an ascot. It was beautiful.
4: Yeah, Yeah, I'm. (laughs) That's
3: so you, Terry.
4: (laughs) I'm just out of my environment here in Utah, so I I was a little confused.
2: Did you make ice cream
4: for the group? No, I was supposed to make ice cream with my cousin, Mm -hmm. but um, he didn't show up. What what did
2: you bring to the meal? What exactly did you bring? I mean, yams. We brought sweet potatoes. Sweet potatoes, yeah, because yams don't really exist in the U.S.
4: I bring my good spirit. Okay, oh, well. so nothing.
2: Freeloader. Yeah, freeloader. Yeah. Must be a student. Thanks for helping. Uh, not even close. You brought your good spirit, your free spirit?
4: Good spirit. Oh, good yeah. spirit.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Um, I missed the big walk. We have about, they oh, walked worrying. about nine miles this year. Why did you miss it? Uh, because I, it couldn't have been I because had to of work football. Wednesday, and my family, so my family left Wednesday. Oh, that's right. They all went to, to St. George, there. and then I uh, had I got down there about five minutes before we ate. It was weird.
3: It was just weird timing. That's good, though. Oh, fantastic. Get out of the car, sit down, eat. Yeah. No waiting. No, just No walking. Almost like a drive-thru. They were all sore, breathing heavy. Hmm. You're refreshed? I was refreshed. Sort of. I was semi-refreshed.
2: Hey, I drove 30 minutes before I realized I forgot my wallet. Huh. So did you turn around? Yeah. Hmm. I needed that I needed that credit card. Okay. So that put me behind a little bit. I think it was subconscious. I don't think I wanted to get there early. I think, so I just arrived literally five minutes before. Like when I walked in, they were eating. Were they, they texting
3: you, calling you, so uh-huh. what's going on? We're getting started. Perfect.
2: Be right there. And I didn't have to say the prayer. Usually I say the prayer. That's great. I don't know why. I think it's just my righteousness.
3: If you never have to officiate, you just get to sit down just and consume. Just go on in,
2: consume. Yeah. Mm. It was a really weird weekend. I don't feel like I did anything. I just sat there. I enjoyed it. My laptop, I didn't have my cord, so I couldn't do anything on my laptop. Wi-Fi went down. Ooh. I know. Wow. You, you had to talk with other humans? It weird. It's <laughs> creepy. They all went swimming. It was freezing. Hmm. Like I a polar did, bear thing? Yeah. Didn't feel a need to do that. No? It's all right? I sat there and watched them all in a hot tub while I was wearing my coat and my mittens. They're like, do you want to get on? I'm like, nah, I really don't. I don't. It's weird. I was. I'm, I think it's just I'm getting old. Really? I felt like a grandfather.
3: Hmm. Whatever. So you, you have to be the one on the sidelines enjoying everyone yeah. else's fun.
2: Yeah. Hmm. But they did let me pay for a lot. Oh, of course. So I did feel like a grandpa. Don't worry, I've got it.
3: We went to a movie, except we got there
2: uh, with about 10 minutes to spare, and the only seats available were on the very front row. Ooh. So we're like, ah, uh not doing that. So what'd you do? We rented a movie, and then Mike- uh, Did you get a refund on the tickets? We hadn't bought them. Oh. We, yeah, we kind of- How'd you know the seats were- Because we got there. We actually showed up there to buy the seats, and the only seats available were front oh, row. Told so we're like, uh ah, yeah. yeah, we're not doing that. So we went and rented a movie, and then- uh my wife and I went home with our youngest son and the rest of them went to James Bond later. Huh. Mm-hmm. I'm getting old. Yeah. Sounds like it. And I actually was just pooped. I was just like, Phew, I'm tired. tired. You guys go have fun. I will yeah, sleep. I'm gonna go and it's sad because now with my plantar perfectly healed, I could have I we didn't have a turkey bowl. We didn't do anything. Oof. My wife kept reminding me of that. We didn't do anything. She's like you haven't done anything. Oh well, it was a great weekend.
3: <laughs> just sat like there.
2: I just sat. Uh, I read. I read a book.
3: I read a lot. But... Was it was it your book? No, oh. I wrote my book. I didn't need to read my book. <laughs> I don't know. I've heard you make comments like sometimes you you breeze through it again and you. Yeah, Whoa! Did I say I that? I can't much? stand reading it anymore. Or you read it and you are like, that was a great quote. I better write that yeah, down. Like,
2: I am profound. <laughs> no, it got. It's just you know you are just tired of reading your own stuff. <laughs> It was fun. We got to hang out with my kids. It was great. But um, and so you're still married.
3: I am good, which is good because it was an extra. That was an extra couple of days. Three, four days. That could have gone me. either way. Yeah. <laughs> and you still have a child. He's great.
2: Cute. He's functioning. And Ben's still single, and doesn't bring anything to dinner. Yeah. Slacker. Okay, uh, Joe Cannon will be coming up in a minute, but first, let's get to the headlines. Terry, anything
3: going on around the world? Yes, there are. Planned Parenthood Rocky Mountain President Vicki Cowart said Saturday that she uh, plans to reopen the Colorado Springs clinic soon. None of the clinic's 15 employees in the building at the time uh, were wounded in Friday's attack when a gunman fatally shot three people and injured nine others. The clinic went under lockdown as the gunman reportedly entered the building but wasn't able to make it past locked doors leading to the main part of the facility during the five-hour standoff between the alleged alleged gunman, 57-year-old Robert Deere, and police officers. About 300 people sheltered in place in a nearby shopping center. This according to the AP. Pro-choice, pro-life supporters blaming the motivation for this mass shooting on each other's rhetoric. Presidential hopeful Ben Carson says we need to all come together.
5: We hold our police officers to a high standard. And obviously, in this case,
3: Jason Van Dyke violated both the standards of professionalism that comes with being a police officer, but also basic moral standards. Deer has been held without bond since Friday and is due to appear in a court today. University of Colorado at Colorado Springs Police Officer Garrett Swayze, 44, died in the shooting. Along with two civilians, at least nine other people were injured in the attacks. President Barack Obama visited the concert hall in Paris on Sunday to pay respect to those killed in the terrorist attacks earlier this month. The president's motorcade went directly from the airport to the concert hall where he was joined by the president of France and the mayor of Paris. All three leaders placed a single flower on the temporary memorial to honor some 130 victims who died. Obama arrived in Paris for the International Summit on Climate Change protests overnight about 174 people had been detained in paris as they are protesting this u.n climate change conference in paris they were arrested for violating the country's state of emergency which bans protest at this time the 100 174 people arrested were found to have projectiles or other suspicious objects with them police have used tear gas to begin dispersing them that'll be a story All week long as that continues in Paris. The National Retail Federation estimates that more than 130 Americans shopped online. Almost 102 million shopped in brick and mortar stores over the weekend. Adobe Systems Inc. says consumers spent around $4.45 billion online during Black Friday sales, up 14% from 2014. Adobe also estimates that more than 50% of those shoppers used mobile devices to make purchases. This holiday may be a wake up call for store based retailers to recognize that they are going to have to transform their store models to compete with online retailers, says a retail consultant from Powerhouse Coopers. Mm. And a quote to the Washington It's Cyber Monday. That For sure you have to compete. And today's Cyber Monday. They think they're going to make around $3 billion today. I want to buy something today. I have as nothing everyone, to buy, but I want to. As everyone gets back to work. I bought some stuff over the, online over the I weekend for my it. kids. So. <laughs> LA Laker Kobe Bryant announced Sunday he will retire from uh, the NBA at the end of this season. Bryant broke news that he would end his 20-year career in a letter posted to the Players' Tribune website. Have you ever heard of that website? No. He is an investor in that website. Oh, really? That's why he, so he I, broke it on his own I site. looked at him like, why did he post it there? Brilliant. So, but it's a Derek. When you own it, you post it. Derek Jeter started it. He got Kobe Bryant and a bunch of other athletes to invest in it. And this Holy is what damn. you do to, yeah. to help that. So the 37-year-old wrote that basketball gave a 6-year-old boy his Laker dream, and I'll always love you for it. He is struggling in the, with the worst season of his career. He's averaging 15 points a game. He is the highest-paid player in the NBA at $25 million wow. this season. Ooh, so that'll be good so to have not, him go. And that's <laughs> the thing is the Lakers are looking at it like, we can actually go get somebody now. Oh, that's so sad. LeBron James? Yeah. He has an option for next year, so he can opt out of Cleveland if he wants to. Oh, he won't. And, really? That's and, home. And Kevin Durant is in the last season of his contract at Oklahoma City. And honestly, the, 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 none of it matters because Steph Curry's killing it. Who knows? If you make another super team in
2: L.A., Oh, that would be crazy. Holy cow. They're retiring, folks. That yeah. is crazy. Well. That means I so, am getting old. Some would say he already retired. He just yeah, doesn't know it yet. He didn't know he'd retired years ago. But, I mean, really, I'm Kobe Bryant, do you remember when he came out of high school? Holy cannolis. And here we sit. I'm just getting old. Well, now what? I mean, now who's going to retire? LeBron? Are you kidding? Peyton Manning? Can't even play football? Did you watch that last night, Benny? Holy cow. I did not. Uh, Denver Broncos beat the Patriots in overtime. Boom! Crazy game. Snow. It looked like it was in slow motion. Everyone had to run, like, trying to get traction. You know how when you walk trying to get traction? By the way, I about turfed it in the parking lot here. Oh, I saw my whole life flash before my eyes. (laughs) It wasn't pretty. How long did that take? About two minutes. Really? It was the longest fall ever. I was falling for two minutes as the my my life was passing before my eyes.
4: So like my life would be like thirty seconds, maybe. Yeah,
2: yours would be just a flash, flash, and then you just sit there and cry in your ice cream. Anyway, uh, great stuff. We got a great guest coming up again. Joe Cannon will be joining us. Our Washington insider today. We're talking politics, as we like to do every Monday. Catch up on what's going on in the headlines and what uh, we're hearing, um, you know, with all the talking heads out there. All the pundits are getting their their insight, their jabs in. We're going to find out from our Washington insider what should we be paying attention to. Stick with us, folks. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We will be right back. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, uh, we like to invite in our Washington insider, Joe Cannon, uh, to join us. Now, again, I argue he's in the know. He argues he's just a regular Joe. And uh, he's chairman of the Utah Republican Party. He was chairman of the Utah Republican Party from 2002 to 2006. He was a candidate for U.S. Senate. He also served in uh, Reagan's administration uh, as an assistant administrator over the U.S. EPA. Um, and was editor of the Deseret news he 's done it all, and now he is the chairman, CEO of Fuel Freedom Foundation, trying to lower the costs of fuel for
6: those in the United States. come on that 's a good deal, Joe. Well, we hope, although happily gasoline prices are down and you 're doing, doing a great spend, job. Spend. Well, we, <laughs> I would love to claim credit for that, but uh, our main. Position is is that there's volatility and what you want is competition at the right front so the consumers win
2: and yeah. so you're out there pushing competition
6: right, right so a lot of people don't like you <laughs> well only only one set of people doesn't like us lots of most people like competition. yeah I bet I they think do. if you're an oil company you're less inclined to competition yeah. let's <laughs> just
2: keep it going they want they want their monopoly hey uh, talk to us about uh, I guess where do we start Let, let's just get what do you think of Donald Trump his polls have dropped a bit It looks like uh, in the recently in um, the Reuters poll.
6: The Reuters poll had a big drop, right? Yeah.
2: I mean, the thing about polls, that could be anything. Like, who are they asking? When are they asking? What are they asking?
6: There are three sets of polls that matter right now. One is the and actually it doesn't matter one is the national poll and, and you know Real Clear Politics yeah. does a great job of aggregating all the polls. If you look at that, Trump has had his big drop actually in, uh, end of September, beginning of, of October, and since then he's bounced around. You know, a little below twenty five, a little hmm. above twenty five. He's a little up right now uh, on the on the average. Carson is clearly on the way down. He's sliding. I, I think that's uh, not recoverable for him. Hmm. And then you've got Rubio and Cruz going up roughly in parity. Rubio is a little bit ahead in the national polls. Uh, Cruz is ahead in Iowa. Rubio is ahead in New Hampshire of, of each Does other. Does the
2: national mm. poll matter right now? Because really we're going to hear all the news and noise from Ohio and New Hampshire.
6: Right. I, I don't, the only reason for, to look at the national polls is what it shows is Rubio and Cruz are busting away from the path. Okay. Carson's it's, declining, and Trump is stable. But you make a great point. For a year now, every single commentator has been saying, "Well, it's a long time away. It's not a long time. Yeah. It's not a long, time, not away a long time away anymore. It's two months away from tomorrow." Well, uh, no, no. Then you months, then you yeah. start hearing it, and, yeah. and then and we, you've got so you've got February first is Iowa. February ninth is uh, New Hampshire. Then you've got South Carolina, uh, Nevada. Oh, all of those yeah. In Super one Tuesday. Month. Then Super Tuesday is the very beginning of March, so all of a sudden we're there. Oh, Joe, see that ruins February. That's the month of love. <laughs> this right is ruining for you. my entire it's a big month business.
2: For you, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. But Trump, yeah. I mean, again, um, Trump's out there saying stuff that no one else will say. But he is he? If you can only pull twenty five percent of the people yeah. on and off, he. And we don't even know, or people keep saying they don't even know if people are going to go vote for him yet. They right, do know yeah. he
6: polls well. He polls well. Look, the guy's an entertainer. A, B. He is. He's smart. I'm not. He's not a stupid person. He's found a message that resonates yeah. with a hardcore group of people uh, who really don't want immigration, uh, who really probably really don't like Muslims, right? Uh, and um, and and are afraid. And and they hate Washington. So you put all that s- brew together, and you get thirty uh, percent. You get a guy with a, a dead monkey on top of a dead a dead squirrel <laughs> on his for a hairdo, uh, mm-hmm. and he's t- doing pretty well. But as you pointed out, some polls show him dropping. I think people the Republicans really want to win. That's one thing that all the polls right. show. Right. Republicans want to win, and Trump might be able to beat Clinton, but it's close. Whereas uh, both Cruz and Rubio beat Clinton. They beat Clinton. And and they are you – know, Well, they're not poly- going to win.
2: So it seems like if you're going to go against Clinton, you can go – you can play like – she can't be trusted. You can just play that line. But if it's Donald Trump, you can't play that line very well.
6: Well, I mean he would play it. He would, would come totally after all kinds it. of other things since she right. can't negotiate. He'll, he'll, you can imagine all the things he would say. But at the end, he's just a narcissistic – bully six year sixth grade mm-hmm. schoolyard thug
2: you kind of need uh, him in there though to take some shots at clinton
6: well <laughs> keep him in know, as long as you can i mean it's going to get but
2: he's i guess taking shots at the gop
6: yeah i mean but what i worry about or what i should say i worry about since i'm nonpartisan partisan here but a thing to worry to worry about if you're republican is looking at the internecine fights so you have yeah. you have cruz and rubio Attacking each other, I think this one of the strangest turns of this of this campaign is uh, Cruz and others painting Rubio as the establishment yeah. candidate. Yeah, <laughs> the you son know, of a just Cuban a few born years ago, no no one regarded him as establishment. It's very difficult to differentiate yeah. Rubio and Cruz on the merit on on things that they actually believe. They're tiny differences. When well, Rubio
2: uh, was meeting with the Iowa pastors, and he's he's coming out. I mean he's he's quoting the Bible, he's quoting the apostles and he's I guess he's doing a great job.
6: I've heard both of them talk a couple of times, three three times each, I guess. And uh they both have a deep strain of evangelicalism in them. Yeah. You know. Um Rubio's Kind of interesting because he's a Roman Catholic, but he goes to an evangelical church. Yeah, and it was uh,
2: a Mormon for a few years. For a few years in his As a very, child. very early life, yeah. Isn't that crazy? Uh, that's yeah, a, that's a, a cool – I mean, and by the way, both uh, Hispanic Americans.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I awesome. mean,
2: GOPers, are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Two of the top three runners right now are –
6: Hispanic Americans. Right. I, I argue that it's a three-person race right now and that after Iowa and New Hampshire, it's going to be a two-person race.
2: Yeah. How oh, do you feel uh, that? It's yeah. going to be down to Trump, Trump. and Rubio. Or no, Trump. Rubio and Cruz. Oh, you, oh, you think Trump will th- I think after sooner or later
6: – Well, uh, Trump's going to do pretty well in Iowa. He's going to do pretty well in New Hampshire. Hard to know what his ground game is really like for all the rest the of the other caucuses, states. and
2: uh, well, he better be investing. And
6: that's where well, because sure that's where he's you got, got to
2: spend a lot of money,
6: right? Yeah. Both Cruz and Rubio have been at it longer, and they yeah. have actual political professionals uh, working the vineyards for them. Ooh, so.
2: that see that see that's insider talk, Joe. Okay. <laughs> working the vineyards. Talk to me about Chris Christie. Is it a big deal the endorsement he had out of New Hampshire?
6: Well, if you're in a position like Chris Christie, anything, make that, anything. That, that pumps life into your campaign is going to be good. So that's a good talking point for him. It's good for him to say. And, and he'll probably do better in New Hampshire than he will do in Iowa. And um, so it's good. It's so good stuff. It's, it's good for him. But in reality, endorsements reflect – uh, a very tiny set of people, like three or four people on an editorial board
2: right you 've been on yeah you 've been on a papers board. Yeah. How are those decisions made
6: Well, just to be clear, the Deseret news never endorsed any okay. has never endorsed candidates, so we don 't well, in, rec- in in many recent decades, we have not endorsed uh, candidates but but an editorial board will sit around and decide what to say and what positions to take and you know it depends on on the paper ours we had 4 or 5 of us and we sat around and talked and came to a view
2: this is the conservative new hampshire union leader it was the paper mm-hmm. and you know so i guess that that'll sway some of their readers
6: it it could i mean it's the one thing about historically the union leader is a very conservative paper okay. endorsing very conservative people so i think a, quite a few people were sort of saying really christy christy i mean you know not a cruise not yeah, a yeah so so it, it, it may have some impact and 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 uh, christy will do better yeah in new hampshire than uh he might otherwise have done because of this but he's not going to win new hampshire interesting okay, i'm way out on a limb now you're you're saying, saying he today.
2: won't win new hampshire yeah. man you're talking tough <laughs> but it's he's so far behind
6: yeah, that's the. Look, Christie's a great guy. I I, I heard a speech that mm-hmm. he gave. I happened to be at the front table. I was like 15 feet away from him. It's very engaging. Is he? Very engaging speaker, tough, tough talker. You know, in that particular case, he took out a little scrap of paper. Said, "I was listening to uh, uh, President Obama the other day, and I just took this little note and he wrote (laughs) something down, and then he took off on a whole forty-five minute talk on uh, on uh, how horrible the president was." (laughs) He appeared to be just off the cuff. You know, not looking at a teleprompter. Yeah, really engaging. So he's an engaging guy, and and he'll have a role in in uh, attorney general man. Could be he could be be a tough A G. Easy, yeah.
2: And just go chase, you know, chase people. Bad guys. Yeah. Chase bad guys. Okay, let's do this, Joe. Let's take a break, come back, continue the discussion. Wanna get into Hillary. We're not I don't seem to be hearing much from Hillary right now. Must be having a big turkey. Fest.
6: Well, she's she's got it great right now. The Republicans yeah, she's are tearing people floating. apart. She owns the the nomination. You know, if I were her, I'd, I'd stay quiet. Things. I'd stay out of the picture too. You but he's the, um, the, the 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 best thing to do when your opponents are killing each other is stay out of the way. That's right.
2: Did you hear the latest? Though she she said she tried to become a marine. We'll get to that. Yeah,
6: okay. (laughs) (laughs) I don't
2: know if I believe it, but she said she did it. We'll take a break, folks. We'll be right back with more with Joe Cannon, our Washington Insider. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back, friends, to The Matt Townsend Show. In studio with us, Joe Cannon, our Washington insider, recovering from uh, a new grandbaby being born, and babysitting the grandchildren, and having Thanksgiving dinner with his family. Joe, thanks for being here.
6: Hey, thanks for having me, Matt.
2: By the way, if you go to his website, fuelfreedom.org, you can find out what his organization is doing to help uh, you know improve competition on your fuel uh, so that you know fuel prices can drop. He's, he's helping Americans... Have cheaper fuel
6: we want competition at the pumps that's, that's right. what yeah. who doesn't yeah. well uh, people. some people people <laughs> who own the pumps don't exactly
2: <laughs> keep competition down. Um, I wanted to ask you, it seems like they jump all over Donald Trump you know was it a thousand people cheering and celebrating uh, the destruction on 9/11 but then Hillary has a bunch of lies in fact in the post. Michael Walsh in the New York Post put together an article called Hillary Clinton's Million Little Lies, and they range from her um, visit to war-torn Bosnia. Do you remember where she claimed that she and her entourage landed under sniper fire? Except there's actual video of them getting out of the plane, waving, just walking across the tarmac. But now she said uh, that she tried to enroll because she believes so much in public service. That she strolled into a recruiter's office in Arkansas back in seventy five because she wanted to to join the Marines.
6: Yeah, I have no way to know whether that's true. I would say, and people in general tend to exaggerate. Yeah, politicians in particular tend- want to exaggerate <laughs> yeah. and, and make the most of uh, of anything. For all I know, she walked in. We know she walked into a, a recruiting and said, Look, I'd, I'd like to be a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, be a judge Adv- advocate general, you know. Well, by the way,
2: she was already a lawyer, which is one of the problems because she said that they didn't want someone that was 26 or 27, but maybe the army would. <laughs> but okay. the, the reality is, everyone said during that time, they would have taken a female lawyer any day. Anyone would have taken a female lawyer. Highly likely. Any day. That,
6: yeah, highly likely. So I. But, I but
2: why, why where, doesn't she get the scrutiny that uh, – I mean Ben Carson's whole candidacy has been blown up because of questions about his storyline.
6: Well, I don't know that I would compare Carson and Clinton. I mean Clinton has been a senator. She has been secretary of state. She's been a player in public policy for a long time. So her excursions yeah. uh, – maybe excursions from the truth – Uh, fit into a a broader narrative of of who she is. Ben Carson has been a brain surgeon and a a, a fabulous guy, just a tremendously Mm -hmm. inspirational story. But now he's trying to make that narrative into being presidential and it's not working for him. It's not cutting it. Yeah. So um, I I don't know if I compare the two.
2: She's been highly scrutinized. So people can't say Hillary Clinton hasn't been scrutinized. Yeah. Thanks. And
6: and and really, what'll what'll matter is when we, when it gets right down to it, whoever the Republican candidate is, is, going to have all kinds of ads. Yeah, all, there are so many thirty second ads, and she's going to have the same thing with them. And it'll it, everyone's flaws will get fully they'll get covered. <laughs> pushed out there. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, she was also dead broke when she left the White House, even though they currently have a net worth of one hundred one million dollars.
6: Yeah. Um, I, I can't explain that one. Yeah, it's That's like, just lucky. Yeah.
2: <laughs> way, way lucky. OK, talk to me about President uh, uh, President Obama is now in Paris. First place he goes is the dance hall where the terrorists killed so many people. Um, do you think what happened in Paris with 130 people dying in a terrorist act, is that going to change the election? Is that going to change the focus of the candidates? And how long do you sense that will last?
6: Yeah, it's so hard to say because you know the uh, the election is uh, about a year away from when those events occurred, but terrorism is going to be with us for for the, that whole time. Uh, generally, on national security uh, things, Republicans tend to do better. Generally, also, that's not a big issue in, in national elections. Right. So, right. So uh, it, I can't predict what it's going to be like next November, but. The the issue does cut in favor of of, of Republicans. And Republicans it, tend to talk tougher and act tougher. What about foreign
2: uh, policy? Does it does Hillary Clinton have an advantage on the foreign policy front because of being a past Secretary of State, or is that a problem? Because some of the yeah, things going on in Syria don't bode so well for right. foreign policy.
6: Right. Well, generally, again. Uh, Republicans tend to own the foreign policy issue and, and Democrats don't. Now she has a heck of a big credential yeah. having been Secretary of State and and done a lot of things there. So I think she can speak more authoritatively than a lot of Democrats have have on uh, foreign policy. But again it, how salient of an issue is that uh, when people mm. go to the polls? It's hard, hard to say. She also has some uh, limitations as Already, the the first two of the first big decisions she made was she came out against the Keystone Pipeline after Being promoting forward. it, right? And, uh, as Secretary of, of State, she, al- she also came out uh, against the trade agreement, which I think she I, maybe she, I'm remembering wrong, well, but I think yeah. she called it the Gold Standard of trade agreements At the, while so, she was in the
2: yeah well, in the uh, administration. So,
6: so what she's she's trying to have it both ways because of the base, but. It's probably vitiating a little bit her her, uh, stature as secretary of state.
2: Interesting. Now, uh, NBC calls the world gathering in Paris for climate um, the high-stakes climate talks. Which – so explain to us why – so President Obama is there. He really – he keeps bringing up the biggest threat to the US has been climate change. Not, in, not some of the terrorist attacks, and he's getting hit on that front, is what's going on in Paris. Why is it a big deal? Why should we all be paying attention?
6: Well, uh, the proponents of – first of all, where I am on this personally is just sort of a little bit uh, odd. I don't have any doubt that there is warming of some kind yeah. uh, over time, that there Enormous CO2 emissions going into the atmosphere, which have a, have an adverse effect on, on climate. And then a chunk of it is man-made. So I'm not going to argue that. My big fear and concern about what's going on in, in – it's not a fear, but thought about what's going on in Paris is that you have an enormous pent-up demand for more electricity. Yeah. So next year, just next year, one year – Asia is going to be building 500 coal-fired power plants oh, and another 1000 are on the drawing board. And so you've got this enormous you've got China and right. India where hundreds hundreds of millions of people don't have access to electricity. Not to mention Africa where where you've, you know just a tiny fraction hmm. of the continent has uh, access to electricity. So all of them want cheap power. So they could be like us, yeah. And so the United States so and Europe phones. is telling, yeah. is saying to the rest of the world, "Oh, we have to go back to, you know, a, a very low base of uh, of carbon emissions per person." And China and India are going no, really. We're going so the China direction. said China's done a smart thing, I think, clever thing politically. They're saying, you know what? In twenty thirty, fifteen years from now. We'll cap our emissions. Well, okay. Like I say, next year they're building almost six hundred thousand oh, megawatts geez. of yeah. power plants, coal-fired power right. plants in China alone, and so they're going to go up to the ceiling. And who knows what's going to happen in fifteen years? Mm-hmm. Are they going to say, "Oh, just kidding," or whatever?
2: Well, and Obama's stretching or pushing on China, saying we need to lead this. So.
6: Right. So China Let's said – and, and the way china 's leading in is – In 15 years. They've already said in 15 years we'll cap our emissions. Oh, no, no statement about what those emissions may or may not be, yeah. knowing that they're building between now and then they will have built thousands of new power plant, coal-fired power coal-fired. plants. Yeah, and, and India is on that same trajectory. So you've got a, a situation that, that – uh, the New York Times had a wonderful piece a couple of uh, – last week I guess it was, talking about – look here here's what's real what's real is people are going to increase their consumption of coal that's what's real and uh you're not you're you're not going to be able to stop that by the word so mm. this guy's point used to be in the in the obama energy department said uh we should be spending a lot more time looking at things we can do to accommodate to deal with yeah. whatever climate change that there is instead of kind of an all or nothing roll of the
2: dice we just had a BYU professor that's invented a really amazing tool to remove carbon emissions from coal plants
6: well see and that... yet
2: it's going to cost billions to get it up and out there mm-hmm. but it's like 98% of emissions 99% of emissions
6: well if if you're worried about carbon dioxide emissions, you ought to be planning for the consequences because no deal in Paris is going to actually restrain the emissions of the biggest the the biggest set of emitters in in the in the world i.e. China. And, no, 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 oh, in, in, in China, the US and India. In, in, yeah. In the US and Europe, uh CO2 emissions are flat to declining. Are they? Okay. They went up a, a, a tiny bit in uh, the United States last year, but in general they're flat to declining mm-hmm. in Europe and uh and America. So what, what the rest of the world sees, by yeah. the way, is okay, you've got the two most industrialized uh, The most vibrant economies are in Japan, US and Europe and now you want to pull the ladder up so the rest of us can't get there. That's not a formula for success.
2: Do you think that uh, President Obama – because this is his legacy, right? This is one of his big plays for legacy Mm -hmm. is climate change Mm -hmm. and climate work. So could he make a decision unilaterally that ends up handcuffing Hillary? I mean could he – I, mean, well, I don't about
6: handcuffing. I mean he already has made decisions through EPA and through um, various other agencies to uh, restrict carbon. Yeah. So there, there are at least two massive sets of reg- EPA regulations that would curb power plant emissions. So you've got a lot of things already going on in the United States. Um, the problem is even people who are strongly in favor of climate change regulation in the U.S. tell you – that whatever Europe and the United States does has an, an incredibly tiny effect, it's completely dwarfed right. by what's going to happen right. in India, China, and um, and uh, well, Latin America, Africa, all of the developing countries. They want to develop. and right. de- development equals coal in most of those
2: places. And a lot of them, yeah, a lot of them have coal, right? Yeah. So it's easier. It's an easier fuel to get, I guess. Is um, if you had to take a hand. Would you rather have a strong like Rubio or Cruz position campaign or would you rather take – have Hillary Clinton's hand? If this, you had to go play a hand, which, which hand – has which, which has got the best hand?
6: So it's – Being anti-Hillary. You know, I'm trying to – on your program and, and our, our foundation yeah. is nonpartisan. Right. You're trying you know, to stay unbiased. Or bipartisan. Unbiased. We, we work with – both the left and the right a lot. Having said that, uh I can't you know, I've been a Republican since I had memory, so I can't, I can't, <laughs> you can't I, I try to be really play objective, the devil's but, advocate. but it'd be really it'd be really hard, but I I will say lots of people would rather have the Cruz Rubio hand right now because apart from it doesn't take all the personalities away, it's really hard to win a third term for any party, yeah, right. It's really There's too hard. much history. There's too yeah. much and and uh, so Hillary's got been played a hand, a delta hand that is very hard for right. her. She can't depart from the base too much, um, otherwise she, she can't win. You cannot. She loses, neither party can right. win without their base. So she's got she's kind of stuck with Obama's third term hmm. for better or worse. So for yeah. some people that's really great, but other people not so much. And so it's very rare in history that parties extend that yeah. that uh, leadership. Yet, you, you obviously, had Franklin Roosevelt, and um, um, you know, he had a war, he had a lot of things going on. But there. I guess
2: too, it depends on who the GOP plays. Well, who's there? I, who's I their personally person.
6: think if the GOP nominates Trump, then welcome President Clinton.
2: She'll just I, walk yeah. in.
6: Well, I don't think she won't walk in. But well, she I mean, win. it uh, would be
2: a it would be a bloody, crazy, scary. I mean, Donald would play emphasis for keeps, on the scary, don't you think? I yeah. mean, it would be the craziest election we've seen in a long time.
6: It would be, and it would be uh, a disaster for the Republicans yeah. to nominate a guy. But it Donald. would make
2: tons of ratings for TV.
6: Yeah, you guys come out really well. <laughs> the media comes out really well. <laughs> yeah, we I'm don't. hoping the time comes, Matt, that we don't have yeah. to talk about Donald <sighs> Trump anymore. I I'm hoping too. that time comes.
2: Yeah, it would be great to get into some real. Policy, like what's the difference in the policy? But we still don't know what he believes. Really, I mean, we know. Top I don't level. know that he knows what he believes. Yeah. Uh, he be-
6: he believes in Donald Trump. We know that. <laughs> he, b- he believes that he's the smartest guy in the room. We know he's that. winning in all the ratings. Yeah, but all the polls. But it's very difficult to see some coherent uh, gy- philosophical gyroscope. It's so in there. true. It's so true. Hey,
2: um, anything else we need to be focused on? Just as we wrap this up.
6: Well we talked a little bit. Maybe we can talk a little bit more about climate next time. But yeah. uh, I mean that's it's a an environment of really big issues. Um no, I think it was a nice that's
2: it was a nice holiday. That's a really important thing that you brought up. Because you you've you've been a strong gop historically, and yet you're you're okay accepting climate change.
6: Right. I, I think people who say there's no climate change I mean there's there's just plenty of evidence out there, so I, I think. I mean, I guess is, I
2: guess climate change yeah. being man-made driven, man-driven.
6: Right. Well, man affected. I would just say yeah, man affected. Right. I mean, obviously, sunspots mm-hmm. turn out to make a big difference. A lot, a lot of, but but you can't argue that there's been a dramatic increase in CO2 emissions since the Industrial Revolution. You can't argue. Right, can't right. argue about that. You also can't argue the fact that uh, CO2 emissions have an effect. On uh, on climate warming. Okay, so the real question is: How do you deal realistically and practically with that problem? And what you're going to see in Paris is everyone's going to say we want it, we want it, we want to do something, we want to do something. And then China already this morning, I listened. China said now there has to be equity here, so all the rich nations have to pay all the poor nations for this. And you know when the rubber yeah. actually meets the road, I will just say. The rubber didn't meet the road with the Kyoto Treaty, and the Senate rejected it ninety-seven to nothing. Oh wow! While while Bill Clinton and Al Gore were were uh, advocated pre- president and vice president, so you know when yeah. people actually have to pay for something, and when it's they different. realize they have to pay for something, things change. So yeah. that, So how do you how do you approach climate and environment in a uh, in a practical, rational way, that's in a, Those are really important. Well, I
2: mean, you could even build coal plants, right? That are that are more efficient and clean burning, cleaner burning. Uh, you
6: could. It's very hard. You, you, yeah, you, you know, like you that. Man, yeah, it's, there are some things that can be done. But one answer, just for what it's worth, is is that there's one huge power source that emits zero carbon, and that's nuclear power. Right. And nuclear power provides eighteen to twenty percent of the power in the United States and it's has done for a long safe time and clean. it's yeah and by any measure it's safe and clean and for some countries it provides 30 40 50 80% yeah uh, france and sweden and other places so so um yeah uh, if you really really care about climate if you think a bullet is coming to your brain you should be saying to China, don't build 500 power plants next build year build some nuclear plants build some nuclear plants and china's Doing that too.
2: Well, but again – and that actually means a lot coming from a past assistant administrator of the EPA. Well, you uh, know. I've
6: been involved in climate And issues. you were there in
2: 83 to 85. Yeah. I mean you were there yeah. when it was tense.
6: Right, yeah. I was 81 to 85. For two of the years, I was uh, head of policy and two of the years head of the air program. Oh,
2: my heavens, look at you. Joe Cannon's his name. Again, go to his website, uh, fuelfreedom.org, where he's trying to do whatever he can as as an organization. They're trying to improve competition in uh, the fuel markets here in the United States. Thanks, Joe.
6: Thanks, Matt. Thanks for having me.
2: Thank you. And uh, we'll take a break, come back, do a quick wrap-up. This is The Matt Townsend Show. You're listening to us right here on Sirius XM 143. Welcome back, friends, to the Matt Townsend Show. Crazy town, isn't it? What's going on in politics? And again, something like France or Russia shooting down, being shot down, having one of their planes shot down by Turkey—that could totally shift the election. And remember that uh, the surprise. There's always the surprise, right? Do you remember the October surprise? In pretty much every political race, there's there's going to be surprises in this next year coming up. And you wonder what they're going to be. I mean, the more this gets turned into a war on terror, World War III, as some of the headlines have it, this could uh, change a lot. Is your candidate ready for it? Do you even have a favorite choice yet? I mean, right now, everybody throws Trump around. They throw everybody around. But if you were going to the elections like many in Iowa in January, what's your choice? where would you go have you been doing enough research to even know it really is interesting and it's it's also interesting where you look at uh, one new you know one new one new uh poll one new um one paper from New Hampshire picking chris christie and endorsing him could that change things it's just it's it's an interesting race And, uh, folks, again, we've still got a whole year. Hmm. A year from now, you'll know who your next president will be. Is Hillary going to, to take it on? Is she going to be able to break the historical records of third term of the same party, basically? Can she do it? There's a great photo of her in the New York Post wearing, a you know, like a military helmet. It's uh, it's good stuff. Anyway, politics ain't it great. But again, it's in your it's in your house, it's your life. And uh, just be informed. I guess in the end just read a little bit more. One of the great sites that I I like to go to to get political information is real real clear politics. Um because it pretty much posts people from all sides and all of the top articles, and then you can just go read. You can also see the latest polls and just get information, see what's being said out there. You can't beat being informed. I get it. If you don't like what they're saying, that's fine, but at least be informed. Do not just pick your candidate by simply watching cable networks. Dig deeper. We'll take a break, folks. That's hour number one of the matt townsend show we'll be back more ideas more tools to help you find the good in the world this is the matt townsend show
0: This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your guide on the side. Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter.
1: At Dr. Matt Show.
0: Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU.
1: This is the Matt Townsend Show.
0: Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio.
1: BYU Radio. Good
2: morning, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Helping you overcome the holiday malaise, the blues. Are you suffering any Cyber Monday blues? It's Cyber Monday, folks. It's the day you get online to spend your money, and you see that you had better deals online than what you paid for and were be- you were beaten up for uh, on, fun. what's it called, Friday, Black Friday. Mm. Hopefully you're not too down, but if you're down and you're out, man, have we got a ge- great guest for you coming up. Dr. David Burns will be joining us, author of the book Feeling Good, The New Mood Therapy. If you have a little seasonal depression kicking in, you got to stick with us and listen to uh, our next guest. We'll have him on in just a few moments. Cyber Monday's today. Today is also, uh, by the way, Stay Home Because You're Well Day. Wouldn't it be great if you could just stay home because you're well? I don't have to call in sick to stay home. I'm I'm just staying home because I feel really good and I want to take advantage of today. But then you're, you know, would your boss just be like, hold it. We don't have stay well
4: time. When I was in high school. Last year? Yeah, like two months ago. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to stay home. My mother would call in and say that I was having a mental health day. Really? Because then people would think that, like, I was going to therapy or something. Yeah. And so they wouldn't question it, but I got to stay home. Wow. Without, But you had a good mom that would let you, my mom would
2: be like, I'd be like, mom, my throat is swollen and I can't hardly talk and I'm burning up. And, you know, she'd be like, well, you probably ought to wear short sleeves then if you're yeah, so hot.
4: There was like one time a year where I was actually sick, but I got out of school More than that, just because.
2: Well, you were, yeah, you lived in Hawaii. You had to go hit the surf.
4: Exactly. Right.
2: Make your ice cream. Um, So your mom would let you have these days. My mom was really, she, I, I would actually, it wasn't my mom, let's be real. It was me. I
4: felt weird trying to be sick enough to make it credible. I actually skipped school once to sell ice cream.
2: Did you really? Mm hmm. Was it your own ice cream?
4: Yeah. We had a we were catering a wedding and you
2: we meaning you and your fellow a, a friend of mine, yeah.
4: Wow. And um it was February fourteenth and yeah. so we didn't go to school and we
2: Valentine's Day? Yeah. Romantic.
4: I know. And it was it was amazing ice cream, so it was extra romantic.
2: Hmm. <laughs> Sounds like it. So, a bunch of you're a weird duck. I mean, a lot of people aren't going to make ice cream when they're 16 years old. I mean, Barack Obama lived in Hawaii and he was getting in trouble. You, however, were skipping school to make ice cream for a, an event.
1: Yes. <laughs> that is
4: so cute. That's cute. It's entrepreneurial.
2: One eight five five chat byu If you have a daughter that needs a cute husband that can make ice cream, call us now. Ben Wozden is his name. And he can make pretty much any flavor you want. He made us some peppermint, lemon.
3: Oh, it was really good. I walk out of the room for a moment. It turns into the dating game. Yeah. What are you doing? We were just, we're know, just this, talking this
4: about- I know, this got really uncomfortable really, really fast.
3: Well, it's because it, we were talking about stay at home because you're well day. Oh, and right. he talked about how he would skip school- to sell ice cream. I like how stay at home because your well day coincides with Cyber Monday. I know. Exactly. Stay home and shop. You also,
2: you need it because if not, there's going to be unrest. Did you hear about this university student in Japan Japan that was arrested by Japanese police for throwing eggs from his condo balcony? The man was quoted by police as saying he was stressed out from continuously failing at job hunting. (laughs) So instead, he's been throwing eggs. I've been there. Raw eggs at commercial facilities onto rail tracks. The student who attends one of pre- Japan's most prestigious private educational institutions has admitted to throwing eggs a total of seven times between October and November. How cathartic would that be? Totally cathartic. Just stand
3: there and just get your frustrations out with
2: eggs. Uh, have you ever thrown an
3: egg? Yeah. To get your frustrations out? Well, no. It's it's more of the egg toss game where you oh, take yeah. a step back no, and then after true. a while you just start chucking eggs at people just because, you know, you're bored. Because it's fun.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I once threw an egg to – at something. But it actually broke in my hand because I've, I've got incredible force mm. in
3: my arm. That's why I should have played pro ball. The wind-up? Mm-hmm. The wind-up. Is that why you always have a baseball in here? Absolutely. You, there is a baseball right there. There's a there. baseball right here. Oh, that's the ball you threw at the, uh, the Red Sox,
2: isn't it? Yeah. This is one that they gave me okay. there, but it's not the one I got autographed. Oh. So there's two of them. I have two. This is my this is my practice one. Okay.
3: And I just keep it around in case I need to
2: throw it at somebody.
3: Right. Yeah. Self-defense. Mm-hmm. All right. That's why I have a golf club in my house. Yeah. I don't golf, but it's there. I have, yeah, I have a golf club at work, just in case. Really? Yeah, in case I need to putt. <laughs> it's
2: a putter. Um, stress relief. It's, a, it's totally stress relieving. We're going to be speaking in just a minute with uh, our good guest, um, and his name is right here. Dr. David Burns will be joining us, helping us learn to, to, to find peace, happiness. Because it, it's a stressful time of year. You don't need to throw eggs. No. You don't need to slough. You should be able to just have a, uh, have a health day, and you shouldn't have to lie about it. Call him sick. You shouldn't have to call him <coughs> sick. It's just a health day. Speaking of our HR person right there. Yeah, give her a call. Give Donna a call. Uh, we are going to um, now go to our headlines, find out from Terry South what's going on in the rest of the country and the world.
3: Thanks, Matt. Planned Parenthood shooting suspect Robert Lewis Deere Jr. due in court this morning to face charges stemming from the Friday attack in Colorado Springs that left three dead. Deer he reportedly talked to investigators after his attack on a Planned Parenthood office. Uh, about his opposition to abortion, and that has kind of fueled some of the speculation as to his motivation as to uh, committing that shooting. Jeb Bush during an interview on Sunday's Face the Nation criticized Donald Trump extensively but said he would still support him over Hillary Clinton.
6: He's uninformed. He knows what he's saying. He's smart. He's playing you guys like a fiddle, the press, by saying outrageous things and uh, garnering attention. That's his strategy is to dominate the news.
3: So he went on to say that he would vote for Trump because anyone is better than Hillary Clinton. Wow. That's kind of, I mean, it it's, might be
2: true in their minds.
3: Yeah, but I don't know practically don't how, say how, that, that yet. how that works right now as you're running against him. Uh, after meeting Syrian refugees in Jordan on Saturday, Republican presidential hopeful Ben Carson said he still does not want the U.S. to accept them, the Associated Press reports. The retired neurosurgeon called the refugees he met in the the camp he uh, visited very hardworking, determined people, which should only enhance the overall economic health of the neighboring Arab countries that accept and integrate them into their general population. Carson said the American people, as opposed to the government, should collect billions of dollars to improve the conditions of refugee camps in the Middle East. We should step up donations to assist the support of the people over there, not over here. The University of Chicago announced classes would be canceled today after the FBI alerted school officials that someone posted a threat of gun violence online. University President Robert Zimmer issued a letter on Sunday to announce the cancellation of all classes and activities on the Hyde Park campus through midnight on Tuesday. The individual reportedly mentioned targeting the campus quad on Monday at 10 a.m., Uh, The president also went on to say he asked uh, those who would be in campus to remain indoors as much as possible, including students in college housing. The school will also increase police presence on campus today. A global Mm -hmm. climate change summit opened at a heavily guarded airport convention center in Paris on Monday. Uh, With roughly 151 world leaders gathered to try and hammer out an agreement for 196 countries to cut their greenhouse gas emissions, a new CBS New York Times poll shows 66% of Americans say that the U.S. should join an international treaty to reduce global warming. Researchers are now 90% sure there is a hidden chamber behind the tomb of King Tut. Wow. Wow. This is from an Egyptian news conference on Saturday. Bridgest Egyptologist Nicholas Reeves published a paper earlier in 2015 with his findings from examining detailed scans of King Tut's tomb, suggesting there are two secret doorways that have gone untouched since the 14th century. Wow. One might lead to a storeroom, which could lead to Ben Carson's concept of... They stored grain: that's the grain storage room The other could be the tomb of Queen Nefertiti, whose oh. burial site has long been a mystery for researchers, though Reeves theory isn't a sure thing. researchers are more confident that at least they'll at least find something behind Tut's tomb uh, so long as they can avoid damaging the structure it's kind well of but old.
2: it seems like the doors they said weren't hadn't been opened 15th century yes, uh, so they've probably been opened, and I'm assuming gutted. <laughs> well, not since the 14th century right. But gutted in the 14th century, so there probably there may not be anything behind those doors. Who knows? Have you? I've I've been to uh, I've been in one of the pyramids. I have not. Nasty.
3: Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I don't think they circulate the air. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say they they put in any sort of H back system yeah. to get the air circulated. And you just
2: kind of so. climb up and the person's posterior is like mm. right in your face and yeah. you've got like 30 or 40 people ahead of you. Gotcha. And it's hard to breathe and you're mm. kind of squatting over and, and it's yeah. like, it's warm and you're thinking, and you, you got there on a camel and you, yeah, everyone kind of smells like camel.
3: And those cursed mummies. And
2: and then you're like, oh,
3: it's horrible, right?
2: But I mean, it's incredible experience. The booby traps—they're horrible. I, you know, there weren't any booby traps. So it's not like Indiana no, Jones. No, oh, there weren't any like flying. Phew, phew. No, none of that going on. Hmm. No darts. No boulders no coming. No boulders at you. chasing you. No. no, no, no walls slamming you. No, or... but when you get out of the pyramid, God, really there are thousands my... of little Egyptian kids that want to send to sell you gum.
3: Well, yeah. Cheeky,
2: But I'm thinking it's probably.
3: It felt dangerous. Well, it has been Is their government's been turning over every couple of years. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't want to discourage
2: anyone from going to experience the pyramids, but – There are some things you need to know. The mere fact that there's another room or two – Yeah. Good to know. Because there's hardly any room in the but, one or two rooms. But
3: now with technology advancing virtual reality, you don't necessarily have to you, go. You don't have to go. Eventually, you'll just plug into your computer right. and just watch it. Yes. And maybe they could get you the smell of vision No, you just so have you one of your experience. kids come home from football and just sit next to
2: you. <laughs> it's just that simple. Interesting stuff. There's, I mean, it's, it was beautiful. It was an amazing experience. It's just something I wouldn't want to do again. One of my kids said, are we ever going to go to the pyramids? And I'm like, yeah, you might. Daddy's too old for that. Daddy's pushing 47. Daddy's too tired. Anyway, cool stuff. We're going to take a break, folks. When we come back, we'll be joined with by Dr. David Burns. And he's going to be talking to us about his book, Feeling Good, The New Mood Therapy. He's going to help us with a little bit of the seasonal depression that may start to kick in after this first holiday and uh, knowing you got another month before the next one. So stick with us, giving you the tools you need to uh, live longer and love stronger. This is the Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Welcome back, Friday, uh, friends. Whether it's a Black Friday or Cyber Monday, uh, it's, you know, it's easy to get caught up in the rush of holiday season, right? And spend all of our time rushing to and from family meals to stores to work, school, you name it. Seasonal depression may also start to set in or you may feel anxious about your ever growing to do list. Today, we, we've we uh, got a guest who can help us. He's written a book full of tactics for combating depression, anxiety, perfectionism, and other mood-dampening struggles. Dr. David Burns is author of uh, Feeling Good, The New Mood Therapy, and he joins us now live from California. Dr. Burns, welcome to the Matt Townsend Show.
5: Hi. Thank you so much for having me. You it's bet. It's a great honor.
2: Thank you. Great to have you on board. I mean, you've written many books, really. How many total have you written?
5: Boy, you know, I don't particularly keep keep track. I, there's probably six, six or eight. Yeah. Most of them are for the general public, but I have one uh, for psychotherapists as, as well that I self-publish uh, and, and sell as, as an e-book kind of uh, showing some of the new techniques in, in, in psychotherapy, but most of them are for geared to the individual who's struggling with depression or anxiety or or other, you know, similar problems. Yeah.
2: You've been you've been doing this a long time, Dr. Burns. You were adjunct clinical professor, now emeritus of psychiatry and behavioral sciences at Stanford. What what um your book Feeling Good, The New Mood Therapy, is is it natural for people to just feel good, or it seems like we almost have to stop doing a few things so we can feel better?
5: Well, I think it's natural for people to, to feel happiness and joy, but it's it's also very natural and common for for people to to feel down and, and, and depressed. And, uh, you know, there's just tons of people listening right now who are feeling depressed and anxious at this moment, kind of telling them, you tell yourself you're, you're not as good as you should be, and you dwell on you know mistakes that you've made and uh, you you kind of beat up on yourself and you begin to feel you know down and inferior mm. discouraged and unmotivated and life loses it's it's it's, its joy its, it's it's luster and instead of waking up in the morning saying it's it's great to be alive you you wake up and say gosh i uh, i wish i didn't have to get out of bed or, what, what what's the point and that's that's clinical depression and it's the worst Form of suffering, but the good news is is that there are fantastic new ways to to break out of depression without without drugs and without without lengthy therapy and that 's kind of why I wrote feeling good way back when and now we 've got even more exciting new new techniques so the the prognosis the the message is one of great uh, joy
2: hmm. so talk to us about what so if we 're if we're feeling. Some of those feelings, like you said, that feeling of inadequacy, like we 're not good enough, we have no motivation to to do anything um, we we kind of dread we have a sense of dread about our lives, we feel like a failure what are what are i guess that is then, like you 're saying that would be clinical depression, and you 're saying you can you can kind of self diagnose it i guess
5: oh yeah, yeah it 's the easiest thing in the world to diagnose. I have a little five item. Depression test that is extremely valid and 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 sensitive, and you just ask your question yourself. You know, questions. You know, ha- have you been feeling sad or, or down in the in, in the dumps? And then they just respond from not at all true to co- to completely true, just huh. t- ticking it off. Do you, do you feel inferior or worthless? Uh, do, do you feel discouraged or hopeless? Uh, have you lost motivation? Ha, do, do, have you lost the sense of pleasure and satisfaction in life? And, and the more of those you agree to, the the, the worse the depression. It, it's a very, very simple thing. You don't need any fancy uh, biological tests or psychological tests, just those five questions, hmm. and then, 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 then you've got your answer.
2: What What then do we do? What do we do, David, to what 's the next step if, if we If we kind of want to deal with this without the you know going to pharmaceuticals and 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 the drugs, what should we do
5: well um the there, there's really two powerful insights uh about what you can do to change the way you feel and 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 often with shocking speed one is called the cognitive revolution and one is called the motivation re- revolution and they're both really neat ideas that uh, cognition is just a thought and and the cognitive aspect of the therapy goes back 2500 years to the teachings of Buddha uh, to the teachings of, of Christianity uh, around you know 500 years later or the the Greek philosophers uh, epictetus uh, and it's a simple concept it's so simple uh, people don't get it at first but that we create our own emotions at every moment of every day by the way we think about what's happening to us it's not so much what happens but your thoughts about it and and and, and and, and it's the messages that you're telling yourself, I'm no good, I, I shouldn't have done that, I should be better than I am, what, what's wrong with me, uh, things will never change. It's that inner dialogue that that creates the, the, the emotions. And, and, the, and the second part of the cognitive revolution is that those negative thoughts and if you what we have people do is just write them down on a on a piece of paper to tell you the truth Hmm. just see what you're telling yourself number them one two two three four and then the second thing which was a shock to me when i first learned about it is that those thoughts will almost always be false thoughts cognitive therapy is based on on a religious idea in a sense that the truth shall make you free right and when you're upset you're distorting your perception of things like with all or nothing thinking, if I'm not a complete success, I'm a total failure or uh, self-blame, uh, beating up on yourself, or, or hidden should statements. I, hmm. Or I, I, I shouldn't have fouled up. I shouldn't have made that mistake. and I, Whatever. I should be doing a better radio show right, right now. Right, right. That type of thing. <laughs> and, and that the third idea is when you change the way you think at the very instant that you stop believing those negative thoughts and you see through them at that very instant your depression will improve or or disappear completely Wow! and it's a simple concept uh, and as they say it's been around for you know two thousand years or more right but we've just turned that into a powerful technology for helping people uh, break out of bad moods well that was the technology up to the point when i wrote feeling feeling good and uh now in my with my group at stanford we d- we've developed another powerful dimension called the motivation revolution and this has been really mind blowing that what what we've d- discovered is is that when when you're depressed and anxious you know you're public speaking anxiety or shyness or you know worrying 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 or or depressed that those negative thoughts and feelings are really an expression of your core values, of what's most beautiful and awesome about you. Hmm. Uh, it's not an illness. It, it's it's, it's, it's what's, what's great about you. For example, if, if you know, a lot of people listening right now, they beat up on themselves all the time. Right. put put themselves down, and those thoughts create tremendous pain and suffering. But at the same time, those negative thoughts are, are a reflection of your high standards. Uh, and, and, and your you're beating up on yourself shows that you're willing to look at your flaws hmm. and, and, and that you're honest and that you're humble, have a spiritual qualities and, and this type of thing. And what we've discovered is, is if we can help people become proud of their symptoms, rather than thinking, oh, this is a chemical imbalance yeah. in your brain or some awful thing you have to get rid of, and we almost kind of try to talk them into continuing the symptoms. And when they do that, all their resistance to change disappears, and psychiatrists since the time of Freud have talked about resistance, but no one's shown how to get rid of it. Hmm. We've discovered this weird way of helping patients get rid of their resistance to change the very first time we sit down with them. And then we come in with the cognitive techniques and we often see a a, a reduction or complete elimination of symptoms the first time we sit down with someone. In other words, a single session treatment, so, so to speak. And when I was a student, I, I used to dream and wonder, is such a thing possible? Yeah. Uh, and now we're beginning to see it for, for the first time. And so it's very exciting to share these things with people who, who have been suffering. And uh, the approach is radically different from the way most psychotherapists or psychiatrists or psychologists work. They're, they usually treat people for long periods of time. Right. And and hope for partial improvement. And what we're trying to say is, let let's get a total recovery, total cure, total elimination of your symptoms right away today, if possible.
2: Well, and it seems like um, you could also spend a lot of time talking about th- maybe the stories that they're telling. They're telling you about why they feel what they feel. Yeah. But the stories may not actually be real, or they may not be exactly. the actual cause but exactly. so then you keep reinforcing their story and you just dig you just yeah. then they have to actually lie more just yeah. to get through their their therapy
5: yeah that that you even see that on a neurologic basis brain neurons that fire together wire together and so if you have a form of therapy where you come in it and complain 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 explore the past and and this type of thing, what, you're, what the psychiatrist or psychologist is actually doing is reinforcing the brain, training the brain to keep complaining. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, yeah. and so that that's what therapy be, be, becomes. And to me, it's its kind of an ethical uh, pro- problem that therapists are, are, are doing that. Of course, the therapists are doing the best they can. It's just that their skills are... And I hate to say this; it probably sounds narcissistic, horrible to say it, but I just think the the training of, of uh, you know therapists in the United States and probably worldwide is is not nearly as good as it as it could be.
2: Right. Wow. I mean, so so the motivation theory, uh, cognitive theory, deals with your thinking yeah. that lead to your feelings. Motivation theory basically deals with the fact that maybe what's driving you to be so pessimistic or down on yourself really is that your that key character is you're willing to look at yourself, you have high standards, and you try to build them – you try to turn what they deem as their negative traits into positives.
5: Yeah, yeah, to get them to see this as something really great about you. I was never trained this way as a psychiatrist. Uh, I, I was trained to see it as pathology. You, you're the sick person. I'm the expert. Right. I will change something about you with my pills or my or my psychotherapy. And now we've turned all of that upside down, and we let the patient heal himself or herself using the therapist as the vehicle for the patient's own training. And the therapist really becomes the patient's subconscious mind and verbalizes in a complimentary and flattering way all the reasons not to change. Hmm. Uh, it's a high art form it's not easy to learn but once you've learned it 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 just puts tremendous power, power at your fingertips and the motivation revolution is based on the fact that that our, our mo- we believe what we want to believe right that's the important thing and and so our, what we want to believe influences how we think feel and behave just as much as our thoughts or cognitions, and so when we combine these two methodologies, it's like one plus one equals three. And and we're, we're saying or believe that we're saying uh, something uh, uh, which could be a real major breakthrough in the history of psychiatry and psychology. The cognitive revolution that I helped ushered in with my book Feeling Good, which came out way back in 1980, that caused one of was part, helped to cause one of the biggest revolutions of 20th century psychotherapy yeah uh, now we have something equally big and and exciting uh that 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 can I, I believe that has the potential to cause another major revolution in, in psychotherapy. Oh,
2: it's fantastic. Let's do this, Dr. David Burns. Well, let's take a break. We'll come back, continue this discussion. I'd love to know more tools that we can use to uh, combat anxiety and depression. I'd even love to know how they're, how they're connected. Um, I know they tend to go hand in hand, um, but teach us more. We'll be right back. More with Dr. David Burns in his book, Feeling Good, The New Mood Therapy, uh, by the way, old old book, incredibly interesting ideas, new ideas, um, for a lot of people trying to combat uh, seasonal depression and just depression in life. Stick with us more when we come back. This is the Matt Townsend Show. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life. For me and I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Welcome back, everybody. Hmm, Michael Bublet. He just is smooth. <laughs> Welcome back, folks. We're talking about the book, Feeling Good, the new mood therapy. It's been out for years, but we wanted uh, to have the, the expert uh, who's behind the book, Dr. David Burns, is the author of the book. To, uh, to join us, Dr. Burns is, an ad- is currently Adjunct Clinical Professor Emeritus of Psychiatry and Behavioral Science at Stanford University School of Medicine. He is the recipient of the A.E. Bennett Award for his research on brain chemistry and the Distinguished Contribution to Psychology through the Media Award. Anyway, great stuff. Um, he's also won other awards for his Outstanding Contributions um, from uh, the National Association of Cognitive Behavioral Therapists. And you can find out more about him at his website, feelinggood.com. Dr. David Burns, welcome to the show.
5: Okay. Thank you.
2: Man, that is a great uh, URL you've got there, feelinggood.com.
5: Yeah, yeah. Holy
2: cow. You must have picked that up 50 years ago.
5: Well, I'll tell you how that name came about. I When I, when I got my contract to write Feeling Good, it was called Mood Therapy. Huh. And it was very difficult to get a publisher to publish it because no one wanted to publish a book on depression. And, <laughs> you know, they all thought oh, this was going to be a loser book. Yeah. But I finally got a publisher to publish it, and I was going up to New York, and the book was just about ready for release to bookstores, and I was in, a, and it was called Mood Therapy: The New Approach to Feeling Good. That was the the title, and bookstores were told you're going to get this book with this title. And I was in a taxi approaching the uh, publisher, and this light bulb went off in my head, and I said, who do I want to read this book? I said, I want taxi drivers to read it. I want the average person, because maybe this book will help people change their lives. And this guy in the taxi, he's my target audience, Uh, the, the, the typical average human being, not the intellectual or the therapist or whatever. Right. And so I said to him, if you were in a bookstore and you saw two books, and one was called Mood Therapy and uh, one was called Feeling Good, which one would you pick up? <laughs> <laughs> and he says, if you have to ask that question, your head's not screwed on. You're straight. the problem. <laughs> and he says, you should know the answer to that question. And I said, he's right. That's and right. And I went in and I told my editor, who's named Maria who was a wonderful woman, I said, we've got to change the name of the book to Feeling Good. And she started shrieking and said, "We can't! It's too late! It's impossible!" <laughs> and I really pushed the point. Oh, there you and go. They changed it at the last last minute, and I was I was grateful to that taxi yeah. driver. Yeah,
2: but I mean, and, and think about it. Everybody wants to feel good, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and now that what you've been teaching us, there's two very basic theories that are and therapies that can be used: um, the cognitive therapy and motivation therapy. Um, to to help us start to to work on our thinking and to work on yep. you know our symptoms.
5: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you were asking before the break about anxiety and yeah. what, how how we deal with that. That's actually the you know now with this new technique we we actually call it team therapy. T E A M stands for testing, empathy, agenda setting, and and methods, which is probably too technical for the for the average person. But that that's kind of the name of this new. Uh, therapy approach that, that's emerged, but, but with anxiety, uh, you know, half of all, just about every depressed patient will also feel anxious, hmm. and half of anxious patients will also feel depressed, and anxiety is a little different from depression, my, my mentor, Aaron Beck, explained it this way, I thought it was a good image, when you're anxious, it's like hanging from a cliff, the, you know feeling that you 're about to drop and you 're right. in a state of terror you 're hanging by your fingertips in depression you 've already fallen and you 're laying broken beyond repair <laughs> you know at at the bottom of the crevice
2: and nobody seems to care
5: and nobody seems to care exactly. <laughs> Now, with anxiety, uh, again, the cognitive model and and this motivational model both uh, apply. The cognitive part of anxiety is you're telling yourself something terrible is going to happen, and and, and you're believing that. All anxiety comes from what we call fortune-telling, the distortion fortune-telling. Like, when I get on that airplane, I I know it's going to crash. Hmm. or when i get up in front of the audience to give my talk i just i, I just know my mind's going to go blank i'll tremble i'll look like a fool people will see how nervous i am uh, they'll start laughing and snickering and my my reputation will will go down the drain it's the or it's these these negative predictions that's the cognitive part and those negative predictions are generally you know very distorted just as the the thoughts that cause depression they're they're not they're not true for for example if you ask a person with the fear of flying, what are you afraid of? They say, oh, I'm afraid of it when I get on the plane, it'll run into turbulence and crash. And you say, what do you think the likelihood of that is? And they'll say, oh, like maybe one in 10 or something like that. <laughs> and so what they've done is magnified the real probability, which is like one in 10 billion yeah. Yeah. To, to one in 10, but they don't realize they're they're doing that. And so for a long time we were treating anxiety with cognitive techniques, behavioral techniques, you know like disputing those distorted thoughts, uh, right. exposure, con- you know confronting the thing that you're the most afraid of and and, and techniques like that. But now what we've learned is that this motive, new motivational model also a- applies to anxiety because when you're anxious, no matter what form of anxiety it is, you know general worrying or or phobias or Panic attacks or post-traumatic stress disorder, what, you know, wh- whatever public speaking anxiety, shyness, wh- whatever. Uh, the, you have this belief that although the anxiety is incredibly painful, if you were cured, something even worse would would happen. Hmm. And to, to, and and so the patient who's anxious clings to the anxiety as a way of protecting himself or herself. Right. And I can give you a quick example. Yeah, give of us that one if you want. Yeah, please. Do uh, you want to do public speaking anxiety or yeah. something real severe like post-traumatic stress disorder? Which
2: uh, whichever I guess is more applicable
1: for you.
5: Well, they're 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 both both, both good. Let's take post-traumatic yeah. stress disorder because you hear about it in the news all the time. Right. and People are claiming, oh, it takes forever to treat people with post-traumatic stress disorder but that has not been my example my 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 experience we we're, we're seeing very high speed dramatic changes in people but a, but a young man came, came to me uh, who had been working in a burger king in philadelphia and he was uh, you know had had been traumatized 6 months earlier he had 6 months of horrible post traumatic stress disorder what had happened he he as he was locking up at night some sadistic uh, men came in and robbed the place Hmm. uh, in a very they brutalized him and and before they left they threw him into a walk-in freezer and locked him in there to to freeze to death and went out laughing at how how clever they were and the next morning the manager came in early saw the doors open the lights on knew something was wrong opened the door and found Sam inside shivering still alive and he recovered physically But he was just emotionally devastated by this. And when he came to me, he'd had six months of constant panic attacks rage attacks. He would keep fantasizing the burglary over and over again in his mind and get panicky. Uh, he he would have fantasies of finding these men and, and killing them or having them arrested, kind of revenge fantasies. Mm-hmm. He'd wake up in the middle of the night screaming in panic or w- with rage. And when he came to me, he said, Doctor, is there any hope f- for something this severe? He said he'd read in the newspapers, you know, the veterans, they were in treatments for six years. They they still don't improve. And I said, well, Sam, as a matter of fact, we have really fantastic new treatment methods to change the thoughts that trigger your panic and rage and and change these pictures in your mind, these flashbacks that keep triggering your intense anxiety. And the prognosis is is, is great. I think that uh, if we work together, I'm not allowed to guarantee things, but I I believe your symptoms will disappear completely. And, and he said, well, gosh, he got skeptical. He said, how long would that take? And I said, well, you know, I, I think it, you know, it could take you know weeks or months. My prediction is two or three sessions, and we'll be done, because that's the way it usually works. Yeah. And then and I thought he'd be grateful, but instead he went into kind of a rage at me and started you know, throwing four-letter words <laughs> at me and who, who the
2: – Yeah, I you don't I know I what you're talking about. That. Right.
5: And, and then I said, okay, here I've, I've I made the mistake of overlooking motivation. Yeah, let's let's list. I said, Sam, let's back up here. Maybe it's not a good idea to use these techniques. Let's list some benefits of feeling this rage and anxiety. Maybe this is a good thing. And then he suddenly got cooperative and said, well, it, it, it protects me from danger. Uh, you know, I'm vigilant all the time. I won't get mugged again. I said, "You're, you're, you're right, Sam. You live in the most dangerous part of Philadelphia, and, and I feel ridiculous for suggesting that I could cure you or right. two or three sessions you know, that you'll be happy, and then you'll get get killed." Uh, and, 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 and then he, he also listed, uh, uh, "Well, the, the rage shows that I'm a man. Mm. You know, I just won't let people walk all over me." and 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 my anger shows that what happened to me was 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 serious and if i could be cured in in three sessions it it would trivialize it and you know that that type of thing and yeah. and then i just became his subconscious mind and i said well you know sam let's maybe we shouldn't tr- treat this because your life is precious and and you know the anxiety pr- protects you and then he suddenly said oh yes but i don't know if it protects me maybe the bad guys can mm. smell it when you're Scared, and they're even more likely to, uh, to attack you. I right. says if I was relaxed and used common sense, that's the greatest safety. And I said, yes, but, but, but the anger shows that you're a man, that you're macho. And, and, and if you go to this new Dr. Burns, and he cures you in three sessions, and the anger goes, doesn't that show you're kind of a wimp? uh... you know you need that anger and he says but the men who robbed me don't even know that i'm angry they don't care about it they're probably in florida robbing burger kings as we as we talk and and i'm suffer- the only one who's suffering i'm punishing myself with all this constant rage and i then i said yeah but but the, the suffering shows that your that that it was horrible what happened to you and if you come to Dr. Burns and and your symptoms quickly disappear wouldn't that kind of trivialize what happened to you Ooh. and then he said yeah but maybe 6 months of suffering is enough don't don't I deserve to be happy now
2: see it's interesting because these are all things every other therapist may have tried to tell him yeah but because it wasn't, these weren't, this wasn't his motivation. That was their motivation.
5: Exactly. And the whole art is to get the patient to come with it, you. But this involves the death of the therapist's ego because you have to give up the codependent, narcissistic part of your personality uh-huh. that wants to be an expert and do something to the patient. Right. And instead, you become the patient's subconscious resistance, and then the patient suddenly starts to do their whole healing. Wow. And it's just fantastic. It's 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 the greatest discovery I've made. Although you could argue it's not a new discovery, the concept has probably been there for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. But it's kind it seems new to to my, my my psychotherapy group at Stanford, and 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 it's I can tell you it's new to therapists because no therapists in the country are doing this, they're all trying to sell something to the patient. Right. Well, and, and, and they
2: all the believe patient. that role, right, where doctor yeah. knows patient sick.
5: Exactly. Exactly. And it's kind of a put down to to the patient. And then it forces the patient to resist because mm-hmm. anytime you try to sell something to somebody, they automatically start yes budding you. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Um, David, we're,
2: so in your book, Feeling Good, this gets to the, the the cognitive side. I know you've updated it a few times. Um, does it get to the motivational theory? Well,
5: you know, my publishers asked me if I would update it and bring in this new dimension, which is which is kind of exciting. So yeah. I'm very tempted to do that. I'm, hmm collecting some videos too I am doing a lot of live demonstrations in my workshop so therapists who attend can see me healing somebody in an hour and a half you know while yeah. while, while they watch and uh, I might write up some of those and put it in there because it would it, it it's such a beautiful enhancement to the, to to the to the whole thing but feeling good is still is still working They're, you're probably aware of the the research on feeling good and you know even though it only covers the cognitive part Outcome studies show that if someone's depressed, like if someone's listening to the radio right now, and you give that person a copy of Feeling Good, uh, within four weeks, there's a two-thirds chance they'll be dramatically improved <clears throat> or symptom-free. So it, it is it is doing a great deal for people. It's yeah. not a panacea, but my hope is that by adding this new dimension to the book, we could maybe get that hit rate up to you
2: know 80 or 90%. No, I think I think it's I do I believe it's cutting edge and um, and again I wish we had more time to go into it uh, again with Dr. David Burns. Go to the website though feelinggood.com and you can you can get more information, you can get into his blogs, read more about uh, what he's writing and his resources, his workshops that he has. Fantastic uh, learning, I think, for all of us. The name of the book is Feeling Good, The New Mood Therapy, and uh, all of us, let's let's try to pick our game up a little bit more, working on our thoughts and our motivations, um, and, and maybe even heal ourselves, right? Just by getting the book, reading, learning, growing, we don't always have to medicate first. Uh, we'll take a break, folks. This is The Matt Townsend Show. We'll be right back. Stick with us. Welcome back friends to the Matt Townsend show. Man, interesting interview with Dr. David Burns and the book Feeling Good. I you know, I'm a I'm a weird duck because I I'm a social psychologist. I believe that how we talk impacts what we are becoming. And I worry. I worry that a lot of times we are focusing on the wrong thing. The discussion is on the wrong topic. And the person we're talking to, you know, as we're trying to help them not be depressed or anxious, they, they know we're judging them. They know we're disgusted with their lack of movement or why can't you just hunker down and make the decision and just fly straight. So this idea of just simply listening to what someone is saying, a lot of times people just want to be heard. Um, they don't want to be convinced, they don't want to be sold on an idea. In fact, uh, in that motivation theory world, there's a, there's a certain branch of it called the Columbo approach. And some of you old-timers may remember Columbo, the old crime you know, stopper, Peter Falk. Who, it was a movie in the 1970s. And uh, what Columbo would do is he'd go in and he'd just ask questions. He was just curious. He'd just ask questions. But he wasn't there to offend anyone. And he was never trying to you know, evoke defensiveness or resistance. He just wanted to learn. And he's and he's just like, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't have said that. Anyway, folks, my belief is most people have the answers inside of them. It's inside them. They already know what they need to do. But for some reason, like the good Dr. David Burns just explained, we're in this catch-22 where if I do it – I, I look this way. If I don't do it, I look this way. There's some reason people stay stuck in their pattern, and it's because it motivates. It's, they're motivated to. So maybe instead of just demanding somebody change, try to understand them more. There's got to be a motivation behind it. Behind every motivation, there's a thought, right? So let's get deeper into the thought and the motivation for why people stay stuck in certain ways of thinking, especially if they're ineffective. Anyway, helping you live longer, love stronger, lead a healthier life. That's the goal of the show. We'll take a break. This is the Matt Townsend Show. Back next hour. More ideas.
0: This is the Matt Townsend Show. Your
1: guide on the
2: side.
0: Follow Dr. Matt on Twitter. At
1: Dr. Matt Show.
0: Call the show at 1-855-CHAT-BYU.
1: This is the Matt Townsend Show.
0: Dr. Matt Townsend. Now on BYU Radio.
1: BYU Radio. BYU Radio. Good morning,
2: everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. Dr. Matt here, your life coach, your guide on the side, top of the morning to ya. Uh, Happy Cyber Monday. Cyber Monday.
3: I've gotten so many emails this morning. Have you? All these different... To to know what to buy. You gotta know what to buy. Here's what we're offering. It's 30% off. You just have to buy this right now. Mm. Yeah, this is gonna be good. My favorite is PayPal. Who wants to be the service that helps to utilize my spending of my money? Huh? At how, discounted rate. How nice of PayPal
2: yeah. to thank uh, you, be PayPal there for you. Uh, Cyber Monday is the term uh, was created by marketing companies to persuade people to shop online. Plus, a lot less violent than uh, than Black Friday. You know? Yes. You don't. No harm, no foul. Did you see any of the videos? I I chose not to. I didn't want to taint my. My shopping,
4: your innocence,
3: my innocence, and my already. There was one I saw in a Kentucky mall. Yeah, two guys just going at it, just throwing haymakers. It out. Yeah, um, there was some. uh <laughs> You know, you always get the the big box store opening the doors and people fighting over TVs or whatever sure. the the palletized item in the middle of the aisle yeah. is. Um, nothing really crazy though. Uh, so in fact, they said point. the numbers were actually down. Were they this down? Year. Yeah, fewer fights. Fewer people going out at insane hours to get kind of cheaper items that you could probably get on sale in a couple of weeks, anyways. Yeah, and online. And then they, and, a lot of the retailers put their specials online before Friday, yeah. so you could go ahead and get them just from home. Well, and what's fantastic, really, is the fact
2: that you could also, you know, if not, this is, sounds horrible for commerce, but if if Friday Black Friday wasn't as black as it needed to be, then You could actually. We're probably going to have three more of them before the end of the year.
3: Yeah, there's actually a theme. So maybe we'll have a different. The whole we'll have the whole color wheel. I don't know the names, but there there's beginning that retailers are starting to refer to certain Fridays leading up to Mm -hmm. uh, Christmas. In certain like, there's Black Friday, then there's Cyber Monday, and then there's other names that they have given these days. As sort of benchmarks, mm-hmm. so they can look and see how they're doing when it comes to their fourth quarter end of the year budget. Yeah, maybe to, maybe this is it.
2: What they ought to do is the spectrum of a bruise. So you could have like purple Thursday, right? You know, yeah, uh, fading green Wednesday, off color yellow, off color that, that but that, still smarts, that dingy brown yellow. <laughs> that all the cornucope, the the whole i want the whole spread the whole spectrum of the brews
3: from black to yellow cuz they go with the concept of we're extending our black friday offers mm-hmm. or you know cyber monday's actually in the store now you know that type of uh, yeah. a messaging i guess cyber you could say. monday in the store and then about the week before christmas they they come up with some other term to try to entice you to leave your home and yeah. Go to the brick and mortar, as they say, to, to try to buy something. So It's a lot of work. You know what I'd rather do? Just hire it out. Really? You can hire
2: anything out now. A concierge, if yeah, you will? Yeah, like hire a concierge to go do your shopping. Or you can now pay someone $10 to end a relationship for you.
7: Hallelujah! Hallelujah!
2: Hallelujah! Wow. Was that appropriate? Apparently not. Okay. The Motown. Just jumped in on ending a relationship. That's kind of heath. I'm sure we'll get a call from that somebody, one. Somebody, yeah. Uh, You know, think of this. Like, let's say you just don't know how to break up with somebody.
3: It's not working out. It's, it's me. It's not, not working you. out. It's,
2: it's me. It's not you. But so now what you can do is call the breakup shop and they're happy to do the nasty work for you. The standard breakup by text is about 10 bucks, by okay. email, 20 bucks. You can personalize the latter with specific details. For thirty bucks, if you really want to, if you want, uh, if you, if you want, like
3: someone to show up, they'll do in person. <laughs> oh, Wow, it, it, I don't know that they'll do in person. They show up in football gear, so when they get, but if, if you,
2: but if you want to have somebody help deliver the news alongside you, I guess. Oh, you could also have a ninety-five dollar gift pack to soften the blow.
3: So you give them a gift basket yeah. on your way out. It's not you, it's me. But here's here's a gift basket I've put together. Here's some chocolate and assorted nuts. We'll see you. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's kind of messed up. There's some cheese in there. I mean, there used to be a day that you could break up on your own. I mean, if you could, if the thing is, if you
3: could find a date, you should, you ought to be able to break up. Yeah, it's kind of your responsibility. Yeah, if you can't, and, and doing it by text or email, yeah. eh, that's really not the best way to do it. But there are some people that, honestly. You'd rather just pay ten
2: bucks to break up with them because they're they're going to be ugly. It's going to get crazy. Yeah, remember, like, yeah, you know, you remember. Do I remember? You remember those people?
3: You remember your personal experience, Terry?
2: Yeah, you remember Terry that one you were telling me about (laughs) the where the police had to yeah do the no contact order.
3: Well, you know, there's just some people that become really attached and Mm -hmm. severing ties is difficult. See, Ben, someday. A ben, cop and a taser is really the way to go.
2: <laughs> love's really difficult, Ben. And someday, you know, when you start dating, you're going to have a hard time breaking up.
4: We'll help yeah. you. You don't have to. When do I have to start dating, though?
2: Soon. Uh, very soon. <laughs> like, we've been telling you this for years, but you might want to throw a
4: date out there once in a while.
3: Really? Yeah.
2: Just go out.
4: Try.
3: Now, I mean, just to have fun. Nothing
2: serious. No, no, no.
4: I, I told you I went on one before my mission.
2: Yeah, you might want to try
3: one now. Really? That was what two, two and a half years ago, three years yeah. ago.
2: Yeah, it's kind of depressing.
3: He's just like checking out, not even participating. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he needs to pay someone to find a relationship. That would be the startup that needs to happen. We yeah. have the breakup now. I we mean, need the to...
2: guy makes ice cream.
3: Yeah, you know, there's Mar- somebody it's a, that just—it's a marketable talent. It's very marked. People would be like, wow, it's like a built-in date. We could have ice cream. You could make it.
4: <laughs> that's like marrying somebody that's rich. Mm-hmm. You're not marrying them for the person. You're marrying them for the service.
3: You're right. No one's going to marry you for ice cream. It's totally it's, true. It's not that good. We didn't want to tell so, you that, but forever yeah, you alone. Caught
2: <laughs> you caught us in our logic. Busted.
3: So $95 for a gift basket. Yeah.
2: Hmm. Anyway, I'll, I'll charge you 1000 bucks to get you married. But I, you got to get out of my way.
4: Uh, a week ago, you offered just to find me dates for free. I
2: tried; it was the longest week ever, and it didn't work. So, thousand bucks. Thousand bucks. You'll be married by Friday. Make it worth his time.
4: How about ice cream?
2: No. The world does not revolve around ice cream. Sorry, I mean it does in some worlds, like eight-year-old boys. Sure. <sighs> We'll get you married. No big deal. Um, Hey, anything going on in the headlines, Terry?
3: Quite a bit, actually. President Obama told world leaders who gathered northeast of Paris today for a climate conference that the United States is at least partly to blame for the damage uh, environmental change has wrought. He has urged world leaders to join him in fixing the problem. He says, I've come here personally as the leader of the world's largest economy and the second largest emitter To say that the United States of America not only recognizes our role in creating this problem, we embrace our responsibility to do something about it. The UN-led conference will continue this week. After meeting Syrian refugees in Jordan on Saturday, Republican presidential hopeful Ben Carson said he does not want the U.S. to accept them. uh, uh, This according to the Associated Press, the retired neurosurgeon called on other Arab countries to help support the refugees.
6: I think Jordan could take a lot more of the refugees than they're taking right now. Uh, I don't see any reason, quite frankly, that uh, some of the other nations in the area shouldn't also be asked to do it so that you don't have to go through a big cultural change with them.
3: The European Union has passed some legislation as they are trying to supply some financial support to help stem the tide of refugees coming into the European Union. Carson said the American people, as opposed to the government, should collect billions of dollars to improve the conditions of refugee camps in the Middle East. The Illinois Department of Corrections has been suing prisoners for the cost of their incarceration after their release, the Chicago Tribune reports. The law allowing this practice was sporadically used despite being enacted in 1982, but has been used on 11 inmates in the the first 10 months of this year. The Tribune reports the lawsuit often targets inmates who have received money through inheritance and other means, the legislature should revisit whether this law is appropriate, said the attorney general's chief of staff, acknowledging that recoveries may raise roadblocks to former inmates trying to lead successful lives out of prison. Wow. So So all of a sudden you inherit money and you spent some time in the pokey and now the state's going to come after And they it. send you a bill for your time served. Hmm. But that would kind of run into the... You know, you'd run into problems. You're trying to get your your life back together and back on your feet. Now you have to pay this huge bill to the state.
2: Wow, and you can hardly get a job anyway.
3: Kind of an interesting uh, <sighs> interesting way to pay for incarceration. The NSA was expected to end its massive collection collecting of American phone records on Sunday and replace it with targeted surveillance methods under the Freedom Act. The large surveillance program should have ended on Saturday night. This comes two and a half years after Edward Snowden exposed the depths of the program. This is the largest scale down of surveillance since the program's expansion after 9-11. I say it was expected because it's not like the NSA reports what they do. (laughs) That's right. Hey, guys, we turned it off. Sort of. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Because it's still on. It's the same program. They're just targeting instead of mass collection.
2: Yeah, now they're just targeting collections.
3: Yeah, they're looking at specific things rather than collecting everything, like, apparently. Hmm. I mean, there's no way to verify. I looked hmm. through all these articles to see if there was like a press release saying the NSA turned off the switch and they didn't say. <laughs> they were supposed to. Uh, an open letter to posted online on Sunday, Laker guard Kobe Bryant announced the, that his, this current NBA season would be his last. He said, my heart can take the pounding, my mind can handle the grind, but my body knows it's time to say goodbye, hmm. the 37-year-old wrote on uh, the Players' Tribune website. Bryant, now in his 20th season, has been with the Lakers since 1996 when he was a 17-year-old brought to the team after trading away Vlade Divac and his chain-smoking ways. I added that part. He was sent <laughs> to the Charlotte Hornets. He has won five NBA championships, two Olympic gold medals, and was an NBA All-Star selection 17 times and an NBA MVP.
2: Hmm. Sad day. And now
3: he's a shell of himself. So. Yeah. I think I think he's seen the writing on the wall. Understands this is it. Time to Play move out the season on. and move on.
2: Yeah, then go start another career on Dancing with the Stars.
3: As what happens? Yeah.
2: Why wouldn't you? Right. Easy money. Easy money. Well done, Terry. Well done. Let's um let's do this. We'll take a break uh, in just a few minutes. Kim Giles will be joining us. She's going to be uh, coaching us on, you know, dinner with the family. <laughs> a little uh, we're going to review how Thanksgiving went for you and if you if you happen to feel dread during the holidays cuz you're going to go and see so many of these family members some of you just experienced it with Thanksgiving many more of you will be experiencing a lot of other traumatic events over the next few weeks uh, a lot of parties a lot of you know business parties a lot of christmas parties coming up We'll give you some tools to, uh, to lose the dread when it comes to some of these parties and your family parties especially. But it could work anywhere. Stick with us, folks. This is The Matt Townsend Show. Kim Giles will be up with us next. Welcome back friends to the Matt Townsend show. Now over the holiday you may have run into some family members that uh, ugh, they're difficult. but get used to it. I, I mean there, there's going to be a lot of people, a lot of meetings, a lot of family parties. Business parties—you got a lot of stuff you got to go to over the holiday season. So we wanted to bring in our expert, Kim Giles. She's the president and founder of Clarity Point Coaching, uh, Clarity Point Life Coaching, and is a popular life coach, author, and speaker, named one of the top twenty advice gurus in the country. She joins us now to help us kind of sort through how uh, how we I don't know how we quit dreading family parties and the, and the people at our business parties or whatever that, that make life so difficult for us. Kimberly Giles, welcome to the show, my friend.
0: Thanks, Matt. Excited to be here to talk about family gatherings problems, because <laughs> I, I think almost everybody has someone in their family they're not excited to be seen oh, yeah. this holiday season.
2: Well, and I mean, some of us already, you know, may have experienced that. You know, I, I not me, of course, because I loved it. But other people sit there and they just dread it and they don't even want to go to the event simply because Aunt whatever is going to be there.
0: Yeah, it's kind of funny. I i published an article on this topic last week, kind of before Thanksgiving, because I, I thought there were some people that would need it. And, and the funny part is I've gotten letters all week long that have said, yeah, but you don't understand how bad my family is. You don't understand how bad my mother-in-law or my sister-in-law is. And I, I've i been just drowning in letters from people. This is actually, I'm guessing, a really common experience.
2: And, and I guess also common is to think that our, our difficult person's more difficult than anyone on Earth.
0: Oh, yeah. And, and it's. <laughs> all that person that's the problem. Oh, it's sure. never you. It's always-
2: you don't yeah. have these problems with people at work, <laughs> just with your mother-in-law or whatever.
0: Yeah. So I have a lot of people that don't like my answer to how to get past this because it really involves making some changes in you. And what most people would rather do is have me fix their family member. Sure. And, and if we could do that, that would be great. But I have no control over them. (laughs) That's right. Right. That's right. Control over you.
2: And even if they read the article, they would be trying to fix someone else. Right. Right. I mean, so but this is about you. You're the one with the pain. You're the one that should deal with your pain.
0: Right. And but the first thing that you've got to do if you want to fix this gathering and have it go better is, is be ready. To to own your side of this and to work on you and let go of your ego's need to stay mad at this person and cast them as this bad person. They're the bad guy and I'm the good guy. Hmm. Until you're ready to let go of that story, we can't help you. Yeah,
7: because
0: that story is a big part of the problem. That you're you're seeing this as. as them having all the power over you—they are the problem, not you. And as long as you see it that way, you have no control to fix it.
2: So if if I sit there and I think of Uncle Larry or whoever, and I keep thinking, "Oh, he ruins everything. He makes me so mad. He's always bringing up that stupid thing that happened." If if I can't get that, that story's not helping me. So. so
0: yeah, that story is casting you as the victim of Big Bad Larry. Yeah. And as long as you stay in this place as the poor victim, you're powerless. Yep. There's nothing you can really do to fix it. So what we want to do is help you change your entire perspective of this situation. And, and you've got to be open to that, to looking at this from a completely different angle before we can help you. How,
2: how do I do that? Because it seems like some people so badly need the story to be that Larry's the jerk. And so, I guess, I mean, I, I can do it, I guess, for myself, but is there a way that I can motivate maybe my spouse to get rid of the story?
0: Okay, well, I, I'm i going to recommend four principles okay. that, that I see as universal truths, Matt, and I think if anybody really embraces these principles as truth, your perspective of the situation will be different. Right. Okay, so my, yeah. my principle number one is that all of us, every single one of us, is an irreplaceable, one-of-a-kind, infinitely valuable, divine children, child of God.
7: Hmm.
0: And, and I mean not just you, but this person that's driving you crazy, too. And we all have the exact same intrinsic worth. Which means no one's better or no one's worse yeah. than anybody else. And oh, that's we good. we all behave good or bad at different times, but that doesn't affect our value. Our, our intrinsic worth is the same, and nothing anybody can do or say can diminish your value, and nothing you think about them can diminish theirs.
2: Ooh, that's good. That's good. Do people want to hear that?
0: It at first, if you're hearing this idea for the first time, the reason you're struggling with it is you. Your entire life, you've been seeing human value as changeable—that people can be better or worse than other people. But understand, that's just a perspective you've had your whole life to see people that way. But it's not a truth; hmm. just a perspective, and that's you can good. change it if you want to.
2: Yeah, no, I like that, and then that. That inevitably that just changes the game right there because I'm there's nothing I'm not losing anything by having to deal with this person and this person's not losing anything or any of their value. They're they're they have incredible intrinsic worth as well.
0: Yeah, nothing you think about them is changing their value. Your that's value good. is always the same and, and never changes. So that's principle one. Okay. Now principle two is that the real point and purpose for us being on this planet is to learn that life is literally a huge classroom, and, and every single thing that happens to you here is a lesson. And every single irritating person that gets placed in your life, that means is going to be a teacher, right? Right. And we know the most important lesson that we are here to learn is to love ourselves and other people at a deeper level. So you can pretty much count on anything that's showing up in your journey. On some level, it's a lesson on love.
2: That's so, so true.
0: So principle two is that life's in the classroom, and the, the main point is to learn about love.
2: So if I'm sitting there dealing with Uncle Larry and, oh, he drives me crazy, that is good because he's just a really good person. I mean, he's a good lesson.
0: moment and go okay this is today's lesson on love what what can i be meant to learn from this your value isn't attached to any of it it's just a lesson to help you grow you will automatically feel different about it yeah we're only on principle two right Uh, yeah we're already feeling different
2: okay this is good
0: my principle three is that everybody on the planet having their own custom education journey here right so, so they're getting a custom classroom that's perfect for them and you're getting this custom education experience that's perfect for you and nobody on the planet got the same class as you got and yeah. you don't have the same class as they have so we really can't judge compare or criticize how anybody else is doing because we aren't in their class so Uncle Jerry, is that what you were calling him?
2: Yeah, Uncle Larry. <laughs> Larry. Yeah.
0: Uncle Larry, he, he's messed up on some level, but, but he's right where he needs to be in his journey of education. And you're right where you need to be in yours. And just because it might seem like when it comes to evolution or enlightenment, he might be a little behind you,
7: mm-hmm.
0: he's right where he's supposed to be in his journey, and you need to allow him the, the freedom to be there. Yeah. Because he's right where he's supposed to be.
2: That's good. No, that's good. See, I mean, I mean, especially if I can honor, if I get that it is a journey and I am supposed to be learning, then it should be pretty natural to think that it's got to be, it's a customized journey.
0: Yeah. The universe knows what it's doing. It's mm-hmm. delivering your perfect classroom to you every day.
2: That's so true.
0: At least that's a perspective option you have of seeing it that way. Or every
2: it's, dinner, every family dinner, you know, the great God is delivering to me all the people I need to, to learn to deal with. Right. Just at my dinner.
0: <laughs> okay, principle okay. four yeah. is all the annoying, hurtful, bossy, rude people that show up in your life are there... Push your buttons and bring your fears and defensiveness and your weaknesses to the surface so you can work on them. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's their job. They are pushing exactly the right buttons to trigger the fears that you already have so that you can see them. And I'll give you an example. My daughters were complaining because they've got they've got a relative who's always questioning their, their life plan and, well, what are you studying? Well, where do you think you're going in life? And no matter what their answer is, it's not good enough, right? Right. And they hate family gatherings because they're going to be questioned. And so we had a great conversation about what is really the fear that that person triggers in you. It's your own insecurity that you're not good enough. And and this is your opportunity to really look at it and decide, am I, am I going to choose to feel like I'm good enough or am I going to choose to have fear around that? Because I'm the only one that has control over that. Right. And the fact that I struggle with it, that's something I need to work on. And it doesn't involve Uncle Larry at all. It's my issue. And it's happening in my world to help me grow.
2: Yeah, that's good. That's right. And if and I have to deal with it. If 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 I don't deal with it, then I'm not going to deal with it.
0: Yeah, we can keep ignoring it. But if, if you do that, the lesson will keep repeating until you learn it.
2: This is good. Uh, stick with us. We got to take a break, Kim. We're speaking with Kim Giles. Uh, she is. She really is a, an incredible life coach, and um, she's walking us through the tools that uh, we can use to, you know, instead of just hating every interaction we have with people that are difficult what if we could turn it a bit and learn from it and uh and change how we see the whole thing powerful stuff from uh clarity point coaching stick with us more with kim giles when we come back this is the matt townsend show Welcome back friends to the Matt Townsend Show. Hey, on the phone with us is Kim Giles from ClarityPointCoaching.com. Again, go check out her website. Tons of great ideas and tools right now. She's walking us through how to um, how to not just turn a moment into a difficult with a difficult family member into something that just causes stress and dread and fear. Instead, how to actually learn and grow and and make it better, make it healthier. Uh, Kim, welcome back, my friend.
0: Thank you. a hey. matter of fact, Matt. Before yeah. the break, we were talking about you know these principles to help you see these these family gatherings in a different right. way from a perspective that'll that'll help you to grow. And on on my website, clarityputtingcoaching dot com, I've got a resources link where people can access my blog and get this article that has all this information in it.
2: It really is, it, and it's got. It's three pages long, but it, it goes through those four different those four different principles that help you kind of reframe what you're thinking about this event. It even then gets into a depth on what you're supposed to do if you get triggered. If if all of a sudden you feel like you're afraid and you or like you're starting to worry because I don't want to go through this and you're feeling that dread, you you even walk them through some some tools to help them understand their triggers. Right. So we were
0: talking my daughters at the family party and these relatives that, that make them really feel like they're not good enough. Right. And, and when something like that is happening in the moment, kind of sit sit back with it and ask yourself, what what is this emotion this person's triggering in me? What's the fear that's coming up? What's it really about? And, and for my daughters to sit there and recognize, okay, this is just all my insecurity that I already had that I'm not good enough. Mm-hmm and and the question is has this been with you for a long time is this something you own in other situations it's not really about this relative. this is about you this is something that you deal with this this fear and and this is a chance for you to step back and work on that do do you believe in yourself hmm. do you know that you're on the right track for you that your life's unrolling in in the way the perfect way it's supposed to so you can grow and learn do you remember your value is not attached to what other people think of you? So what Uncle Larry thinks really <laughs> doesn't make any difference. It doesn't affect your value.
2: And that's the point, right, is that th- what Uncle Larry does is he just he just generates he, – he actually just triggers your fear that you already have.
0: Yeah, he just brings your issues out.
2: He's not the problem. He's actually just showing you where you have a weakness.
0: Right. Now, I get – Will say, but you don't understand how mean and rude my relative is. I mean, this person's horrible. <laughs> yeah. it, it doesn't matter. The same principle applies. They can't hurt you without your involvement in it. Right, right. Without your permission, you're giving them the power to do that. And the other thing I want everybody to recognize is all bad behavior comes from someone who's in fear about themselves. So if this person is being really rude and attacking you, it's because they're afraid they're not good enough, hmm. and they need to put down others in order to have their ego feel better, feel okay. Yeah. And and really, that mean behavior, that horrible behavior that makes you just hate the person, is it's really a request for love and validation. This person is scared to death, and... I know it sounds so counterintuitive, but the best thing that you can do dealing with someone who's attacking you is to be loving and validating and kind and even build them up. Hmm. And it's so it can be so hard to set your ego aside because your ego wants to rip them down right. more
2: and protect you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, but it, but if you can treat them with kindness, you will be amazed at, at in reality how much more power you actually have. It's a very powerful position to come from such trust about your value that they can't hurt you, mm-hmm. and just be loving and kind.
2: Well, and I always so say you're, above them. that's why you're living because you're living your you're living your beliefs, you're living your values, and so you don't need to fear. You're with, you're with just showing freedom, love.
0: You have nothing to fear. Right. This person's words can't hurt you. Right.
2: And if anything, they're hurting themselves, they're broken they're they're in their own journey,
0: yeah, they sure are they have to be in a really miserable place too to be that mean, yeah uh, I mean honestly, that person is suffering so so if we can see them as scared and miserable and not just mean, we will have a lot more compassion for them mm. And we'll be able to handle it in a lot more mature way.
2: No, it's so good. And so, if they go to claritypointcoaching.com and then they look under resources, they, they can find your blogs, your letter, your, your articles.
0: Yeah. And, matter of fact, I have sort of a, a holiday gift for everybody. Cool. In my worksheets, if you go into the worksheets page, we've developed something we're calling Have a Happy Holiday Mindset. Hmm. And basically, it's a little reading assignment. And if you would print it off, and read it every day for the rest of the month, maybe a couple times a day. Just read through it. It's going to help you see the situation in the way we've been describing on the radio this morning. That's It'll good. help shift your perspective. It's a great tool.
2: That's what we need, and that's easy. You just go there, look on the uh, forms section, and, and find the happy holiday form.
0: Yeah. Happy holiday mindset.
2: Happy holiday mindset. You did it again, Kim. You did it again. Great tools. Again, go to the website, claritypointcoaching.com, and you can find out more about Kim, her books, everything she's got going on. Great coach, folks, helping us uh, you know, create a healthier life, lead a happier life. We'll take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking to our good buddies down at BYU Sports Nation. Stick with us. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Welcome back to the Hotel California. We're going to shoot it down to our good buddies at uh, BYU Sports Nation, Spencer and Jerem. Hello, gentlemen.
8: Hello, Matthew. Happy Monday.
2: Happy Monday to you.
8: Holler. Holler. Holler.
2: Did did, did you have a great turkey day?
8: Yes. And we also had a great weekend because it involved a lot of BYU. I know.
2: I saw Oh, you – uh-oh. Winning. Somebody's kind of grumpy.
1: Pillaging just fine. Why would I be grumpy? I, I don't, don't know.
2: You seem shy today.
1: No, I'm not shy at no. all. I'm just talking like that. Jeremy, shy, nervous? Matt?
2: Yeah, that's what I was thinking. That didn't
8: shy? sound right. Really? Hey um, – Shia
2: LaBeouf? Shia LaBeouf. Now that guy's motivating. <laughs> <laughs> <Make> <laughs>
1: Do it! Make your dreams come true!
2: I knew if I said that, you guys would start acting it out. <laughs> That is how great this is. If I just
8: you're
1: give tired you... of failing, stop <laughs> giving up. It's the greatest motivational speech of all time. <laughs> of all times, according to someone's blog spot.
2: <laughs> so talk to me. Uh, did anybody watch the Cougars Utah State game?
8: Yes, I'm raising my hand. This is radio. It's okay,
2: raising know. your hand. I
8: did. Yes. I did. I watched from the sideline and couldn't feel my feet, toes, nose. You know, what? my face after the game.
2: I was in St. George and I could not find the game. It did not exist in my channel selection.
1: And this is why BYU is independent, man. Oh,
2: I was so mad. So I had, to, I had to basically watch it on Wi-Fi, on just plays.
8: Oh, meaning like you watched the stat tracker? Yes, like it on was ESBA. horrible. Com?
2: Yes. Or the Twitter? I hated, I hated it. I was so frustrated because that was going to be the big game for me.
8: In our day and age... If you can't watch something when you want to watch it, it's so annoying. It's
2: wrong. We live in America. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to be so mad. But I wanted to see your great sideline reporting.
8: Well, you could watch that.
2: I will. Yeah. On
8: Brigham TV. Now, on demand, Matt. You can stream that live for free.
2: Now, hold on. Now, yeah.
8: You're talking about the game versus the pregame. There's I, the difference?
2: Oh, you did the pregame? Yeah. Oh, I yeah. thought I thought you were on the sideline during the game.
8: No. Well, I was on the sideline during the but game, but I was just watching. Reporter. Yeah,
1: CBS Sports Network did the game.
2: Uh, it was frustrating. CBS Sports. Try finding that on my package down in Pro, down in St. George. Not there. Well,
1: apparently, yeah. you need to upgrade to a different. Uh,
8: apparently, team. I every do. time BYU plays on CBS Sports Network, we have to like order that upgraded package for a week from Directv just so we can get the Are game
1: you serious? at my See, house. I didn't plan ahead didn't for the fun pack. Didn't to plan play ahead. On?
2: Um. I, uh, anyway, so uh, anything anything I missed?
1: Listen, it was a huge weekend for BYU because not only did they throttle Utah State, uh, fifty-one to twenty-eight. Yeah. Uh, BYU puts up fifty-plus in back-to-back games for the first time in ten years. The basketball team got a big win against Belmont, um, who was a team that won at Marquette. Mm. They're that kind of twelve seed that beats five in the NCAA tournament pretty yeah. consistently. Within that game, Kyle Collinsworth it was one rebound short. Of an NCAA record triple-double. Uh, then it was reviewed Sunday morning and approved by the NCAA that he did, in fact, get a 10th rebound and is now the triple-double king in NCAA history.
2: Are you kidding me? No. I, just, it snuck in there.
1: Yes. Where do do you f- the right thing no matter what time. Where does time?
2: one find a rebound? An well, extra he, rebound?
1: He reba- He had an extra rebound that wasn't counted. Okay. So now he's the king. Then women's volleyball Sunday night uh, in the NCAA tournament selection show. This is huge. Gets a 13 seed. They're going to host the first second round. Yeah. This weekend they play Ohio Friday night.
8: And this isn't like the NCAA men's basketball tournament where there are four 13 seeds. Like th- this is the 13th, the 13th, 13th overall best seed best team in the yes. country.
2: unbelievable. You guys are you're going to be busy.
1: Oh yeah, let's listen to the guest lineup. ESPN's Trevor Madich today. Mm-hmm. Former BYU basketball player Anson Winder will break down. The Belmont game and Kyle Collinsworth's awesomeness. Cool. And then the women's volleyball head coach, Heather Olmstead, will be in studio.
2: This is great. You're Let's, not... do it. Let's do
1: it. As, as Shia LaBeouf, LaBeouf said, just do it. <laughs> <laughs> Make your dreams come true.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> Don't do you feel you? that, Spence? I feel Don't...
8: that. Oh, man. Every day sitting next to Jeremy. <laughs> Are you kidding me?
2: Did he spit? I bet there was uh, yeah. some spittle the there. The thing
8: is, if you if you don't, how you could seen you that not? Episode of uh, of Friends where Gary Oldman is spitting in Matthew in uh, Matt LeBlanc's face during their, yeah. their acting scene, yeah. and he's like, "Oh no, it's it's what all the great actors do. They
2: all spit."
1: I've, I've seen the bench warmer scene <laughs> as a little kid.
2: <laughs> I I spit. I spit into. That's why they gave me a spit guard for my radio show. They didn't have spit guards till I did my show here.
1: Yeah. And you're always chewing sunflower seeds. That's yeah, that's true. For
2: you. And I feel bad for Ben because he always has to wring out my spit guard.
1: Yeah, that's tough.
2: It's a hard job.
1: He needs to use the cop, one.
2: He totally does. <laughs> hey, um, Kobe, I don't know if you guys heard this, but Kobe's retiring.
8: I've never seen a player happier to retire. <laughs> I know.
2: He's like, ding, dong, I'm out
8: of here. He wrote a poem. I mean, there <laughs> was all like... <laughs> sorts of stuff.
2: <laughs> the sad I, thing I, is I he I has to finish the, the year. That's, well, no, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's cool
1: because now he can get, you know, fruit baskets and couches. Yeah, and,
8: at every stop.
1: Yeah. D- Derek Jeter did this. This is the thing now with these legends, you know. You yeah. Know, you can do it. When all said and done, will
8: Stephen Curry be greater than
1: Kobe Bryant? Yes. That'll be tough. Ooh, but championships. Five titles.
2: Yeah, that's going to be hard.
1: Yeah. What has Kobe had? Only one MVP, I think. Really? He's the best player ever with only one MVP. Yeah, for I sure. heard
8: something crazy over the weekend. Like, Steph Curry could miss his next 200 three pointers and still have a better three point percentage than Kobe Bryant overall, or something like that. Wow. Overall, like yeah. career number? Yeah.
2: So he could play I mean, like. Kobe played a long time. He could play like me for the next 200 shots, and then he'd still be better than Kobe.
1: <laughs> yeah. At least three point shooting percentage, something yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah let, let's let Stephen Curry's career play out. But Kobe, to me, he's on the. All-NBA second team when all is said and done. Yeah.
2: That's a good way to go. Then you go retire. Behind
1: Jordan. He's the backup, too, to Jordan.
2: I heard he's going to start like an insurance career, and he's going to start selling insurance. Maybe that's... He's
1: going to join the State Farm crew? Yeah,
2: maybe I picked the wrong...
8: Where is he he setting
1: up his office,
8: Matt?
2: Uh, L.A.
1: Okay.
8: Yeah. Okay.
2: (laughs) There's a lot of people that need insurance there. I'm just throwing it out there. Hey, and then did you guys watch the Broncos?
8: Last night? Are you
2: kidding me? Broncos, Patriots?
8: They benefited from some questionable officiating.
2: No, it was perfect officiating. Uh, (laughs) I watched the whole thing. They were perfect. I've never
8: seen Tom Brady so upset. I know. He's pretty just like even keel during the game. He was so angry.
2: (laughs) I don't know why I derive such joy. But it was fun.
8: I mean, it was a good game. One undefeated team left in the NFL, Carolina.
2: What is the deal?
8: Their defense is really good, and Cam Newton has Cam's a lot of great weapons. It. And he's yeah. He it
2: reminds me of sports uh, BYU Sports Nation. Cam. Oh, Cam. Well, underrated. sneaky
8: underrated, sneaky
3: yeah. underrated,
2: incredibly <laughs> vibrant, scrappy. talented, scrappy, and a Superman little Superman underneath. A little Superman, a lot of Superman underneath, and a little, a little... dabbing going on. Mm-hmm. A, little da- <laughs> a little dangerous side. Okay. Okay, I gotta let you guys he's going go. Under twenty three, like I four. know you got to go wax and everything. So knock them dead. Proud of you. Great we weekend. We always do. I know. You're the bomb. Keep, uh, keep strong and keep doing those Shia LaBeouf imitations. They'll take do it!
1: <laughs> Make your dreams come true!
2: Thank you. We'll leave you with that motivating moment <laughs> by Jerem Jordan. That is crazy. Good job, guys. Wow. Yeah, we need to do more of that. We need to get Shia LaBeouf in here more. The fun thing about talking to the BYU Sports Nation gentlemen is they always... They have all these guests, but really, they end up being our top guests. Like, who would know? Who would have known that we just had Shia LaBeouf on? Except, we didn't even plan for him. We didn't even say he was going to be on. And then all of a sudden,
4: he's he's there with he's there with Spencer. That's the beauty of radio. Beautiful. You can fake guests. Yeah. Nothing like
2: that. Nothing better than that. Hey, I got uh, some news for you. Um, let's say you have an enemy. Okay, Kim Giles earlier in the hour was talking about how to deal with the family members that are your enemy and you struggle with. Well, let me give you some really cool news. It's tradition, you know, to threaten bad children that they're going to get coal instead of a present. But in this day and age, folks, the threat has lost all its credibility until now, because now you can ship coal, a new service from a guy who brought you the fall foliage by mail. Do you remember the guy that would send you, uh, you know, some leaves, <laughs> some fall leaves from, like, New Hampshire or Boston or somewhere? He'll now send you a package with 6 to 12 ounces of anthracite coal in a miniature stocking, and he'll send it to whatever address you want it sent to. Excellent. I know. You can also include a personalized note if you care, too. It's uh, the gift costs fourteen ninety nine plus three dollars in shipping, and if you want something more personal, ship coal uh, yo. I guess it's called ship coal yo. Is that the name of it? We'll send you a personalized large piece of coal for nine ninety nine, plus three dollars for shipping with phrases like "you're fired" or "Chris, you've been evicted," or "I'd like to break up with you, honey," or "I'm pregnant." You know anything that might. Throw a curve at your partner, but you can have it actually personalized and and have that phrase on it. That's great. It's a great idea. So now you we've learned earlier you don't even need to break up with people because you can pay people $10 to text a breakup for you, 30 if you want to email, or you can send cold to your enemies. I don't know what's happening to the holidays, but they're getting really negative. So let's wrap this bad boy up on a hero story. As you know, we always like to end on a hero story. And uh, our hero today is McDonald's staff in Workington, Cumbria, UK. The staff at the McDonald's branch threw a birthday party for an elderly widower and a regular customer. After he lost his wife, Harry Scott became a regular at the local McDonald's, always sitting at the same table. Beginning in 2013, Scott would go to the restaurant, usually in the afternoon. The restaurant provided him with company and friends to talk to. Scott says that since he doesn't have any children, he's come to think of the kids who come into the restaurant as his own. Mr. Scott was surprised when he came into the restaurant on his birthday to find the establishment decorated with balloons and banners. His meal was on the house. The staff even bought him some whiskey and shortbread for his birthday present. Jack Holiday, one member of the staff, described Mr. Scott as bubbly, And full of life, especially for a 93-year-old man. So our uh, hero of the day is the McDonald's staff in Workington, Cumbria, UK. You are the heroes. All you did was look out for a 93-year-old patron of your restaurant, and you made it special. Folks, that's all it takes to be the hero is to care enough to go out of your way to do something. You don't always have to risk your life. Sometimes you just got to be there, be willing to notice Uh, something important, like someone's birthday. So uh, a little challenge to all of us. Let's step up and uh, take care of people. That's the show. Remember, our goal is to help you find the good in the world, and we can't do the show without you. We'll be back again tomorrow. we got more tools, more ideas, more stuff for you. But be here tomorrow, uh, 9 Eastern time to noon Eastern time. And then again, following us, BYU Sports Nation. Until tomorrow, my friends. You can catch us on podcasts, on iTunes, on TuneIn, on Podbean. Bean Pod. I'm going to get it. Don's going to kill me. I'm going to get it. Anyway, uh, stick with us, folks, or look us up at byuradio.org. Different ways to get the information you need. Until tomorrow, folks, take care. Make it a great one, and we'll talk again tomorrow.